the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You Aww. can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Oh, no, Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. I'm going to have to pay the government $5,000 for not filling out a census. Well, no, if you fill out the census, then you don't have to pay them. Or you're saying people you're saying it's so difficult that you're going to submit to a five thousand dollar fine. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying I I don't want to be in a situation where I have to give the government information about my household and or business. I think it's bullshit. And if they're using it for taxation purposes, which they're not, it's not like they're going to appropriately allocate my taxes. So why do I have to fucking do this? Because the law says you do. It's not against the Whatever. law. Whatever. I keep getting notices you. that they're going to find me $5,000 because it's against the law. I don't remember whatever. if I, this is some economic census thing. I don't remember if I filled that out or not. I mean, yeah, yes, I, I did, IRS, and I sent it in <laughs> right away. No, right. Uh, yeah, it's about that time. I, I, uh, I am ready to compile and do my own taxes soon and find out how much I owe the thieves, which will be a fun day. Uh, somewhat shocking news to me because I didn't realize this was even coming, but. It already, what was your favorite Lori Lightfoot memory? Gone too soon. Yeah, I didn't uh, know there one? there was a primary election coming up. I will oh. surely send her off appropriately with an "I will remember you" good, montage good, good, on good. Sunday. So I gathered a few clips today, and I she was great during the Jesse Smollett era. Oh yeah, I didn't even I didn't grab anything from that. I forgot about all that. But for me, the top clip that I don't think is going to be beat, even when I go through the. Uh, the items on the list of memories when she became the Rona destroyer for Halloween with that Robin like Halloween costume at a press right. conference. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. I forgot about that. Affirmative action. Beetlejuice. Lori Lightfoot has been ousted. She will not be. Uh, she has until May, I think until her term is, is up, but she will not be your Chicago uh, mayor any further. You know, she the crime is up place. 33%. 33%. 33% in Chicago is a lot of crime, isn't it? It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, wow. Congratulations. It's all white on black crime, too. It, it's, yeah. it's 100% oh. drive by shootings of white people killing black people. I can't believe it. It's, it's gotten out of control. Uh, they're, everyone's so mad about Lori Lightfoot. They are. And her just unbelievable diversity points. They thought, that's it. I'm going to Chicago. I'm taking my ghost gun. For real. And I'm going Cracker to. Cracker ass crackers. <laughs> Well, perhaps people will be interested in sharing some Lori Lightfoot memories this evening. I doubt it. I'm sure they'll have other things on their mind, but uh, we will have a call-in show this evening. As usual, uh, if you are interested in learning how to participate, there are instructions for how to do that in the description of whatever video platform you may be viewing on. Uh, if you would like to participate, but you can't do it live, or you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. And please do look for the call-in show question form for call-in show questions. That helps keep us organized. Uh, other than that, we'll we'll catch up with your super chats every half hour as well. Anything else before we hop into the calls? Did you fix? Did you <laughs> Thank you for your dedication to the show. I'm glad you're doing your your, your government mandated census work while live. Hey now, 
if I don't get fined $5,000, then it'll make doing the show less of a necessity. So I'll be more fun on it. Ah, I see. All right. Well, I'm sure one way or another you've. That really was a stretch. You can shoehorn this in. Uh, Let's see. Avalyn. Is it Avalyn? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. What's on your mind? Oh, I got a bunch on my mind, but I actually got sleep, so I can actually make it a little bit more articulate. All right. Hey, girl. Hello. As for the Blonde Hens, thank you so much for making that group. That is like the most wholesome place that I've ever It truly is. Oh, my gosh. I Every time I pop in there, it's just recipes and people talking about naturopathic solutions to kids' snot and baby pictures and pregnancy. Every time I go in there, I'm like, this is a joy. If it wasn't for the girls of Blonde Hens, I probably would have lost my sanity because my child oh. had all four molars come in within like <gasps> a month. Oh, God. Ugh. So sleep was for the week and I was weak because I did But I I'm wanted sorry. to kind of bring to the table of Texas being based okay. with the white re- uh, reproduction and how everybody's upset because they're doing tax reductions for people that stay married, have two kids, and then have 10 kids. If you have 10 kids, you don't you never have to pay property taxes ever again? 100%. 10? It's so awesome. You know, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't do it physically. I think I would just like pass away off into the distance. But That's true, kids- but is there like a an exemption for Mexicans? What do we do about Mexicans in Texas with 10 kids? But they don't own property, so it's probably fine. Maybe it's, it's, it should be fine. But you can also adopt. And that was the caveat. I was like, oh, if I adopt six kids and like, you know, have like four of my own. Perfect. Yeah, so really. Then you finally get to own the property that you already own. These motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, there was a time where I uh, and I don't know, maybe I still would. But in general, I would have opposed dif- differential tax treatment for marriage status or parenthood status and all that. Now that we've gone so far astray as a society, I don't know that I I want policies like that, but maybe that's maybe that's an incentive base. I guess it's more of is it a punishment or is it an incentive? I guess you could frame it both ways, but but mechanisms to keep families intact and to, you know, raise the next generation. Well, maybe that's maybe there is more government business in that than I gave it credit for in the past, at least at the state level, you know? Yeah, that's true. Wait, you would have been opposed to a state level policy like this. I mean, in general, I don't like the idea of someone else having a higher tax rate because they don't want to be married or because they don't want to have kids or they don't want to have X number of kids. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it seems punitive to me. Like you have a tax rate because you want to live this particular way that. That's it, true. Like what if they gave tax breaks to people for like, putting a bunch of dicks in their butt. <laughs> I guess I hadn't thought about it the I other guess. way. The gay tax break. That's coming soon, actually. That's You're right about If that. you have AIDS, no property tax. I mean, in California, I'm pretty sure you don't. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it, this, is, this is in effect now, or this is something they're considering? Uh, let me see. It is HB... It's a law proposition, right? Yeah, it's a proposition with the uh, tagline of get married, stay married, and be fruitful and multiply. Okay. And you have to, 10 is the benchmark. There's no, it's not like you get credit for two, three. You can be a sane family and have like two kids. Oh, you still get credit, but it's 10 for no property tax? No property tax. Is that the deal? But if you have two, it's 40. 
That's pretty good. Pretty good. Wait, 40 what? What's percent off of your property. 40% break off your state tax liability? Off of property tax. Oh, property tax. So this only affects property tax. It doesn't affect like, uh, well, I don't know what Texas's tax structure is. Oh, shit. I just, hold on. I just spilled my water everywhere, but I'm going to let that dry out. Oh, (laughs) no. Not on the computer. Uh, So we're good. It's just on the desk. I won't worry about it. Um, but uh, Texas, what is their tax structure? Do they have income tax? Do they have sales tax? What do they do? You know, I'm a stay at home mom. And the last time I looked at a paycheck was a really long time ago. So I don't know the proper way to that. Um, Oh, they don't have income tax. They're saying in the live chat. Okay. So no income tax. I would assume they have some sales tax then, and then they have property tax. Obviously. Yeah. And I bet I the property tax is, is really high. I mean, I'm sure they would incentivize the biggest tax uh, burden, right? Hmm. So it must be property taxes that are really gouging people. So they if it's- are, especially like if you live in the city, like where everything is starting to come a little. Eh. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, that's interesting. And so it's only, it's only a relief on your property taxes. So there's incentive to, to get into home ownership or property ownership and to have kids when you get there. Yeah. Yes. Well, the case could be made. Is that is that punishment for people who choose something else, or is that incentive to choose that lifestyle? I could see the case that it's incentive. I think it's more incentive. Hmm. Man, my property taxes in Seattle were like fifteen thousand dollars a year. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they haven't uh, they haven't moved enough Seattleites into Bozeman for me to be paying something on that level. But uh, and they then have- here they're like. $800. They've never seen a property tax increase around here. They they haven't liked, for, at least for the last five years or so. Oh, yeah, it's getting it's insane. Dude. All right. Did you have any other thoughts on it or anything else before we let you go? Nope. I just wanted to do a quick shout out to my husband's best friend, also brother, Charlie. Ah. We oh. are so excited for you to be married next month. And I know uh, Ayla is our daughter's name and also their godchild. So we're Ooh, I love that name. A Y L A. Yes. Like wife with a purpose. Yes. Ah, excellent. She'll love that. Well, congratulations to your family. All the best to Charlie. And thanks for calling in. Yeah. Thank right, you. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Before we um, move on, did you want to explain blondes hens for the interested two or three women listening to this? Dude, there are more than three women that listen. <laughs> Men make their wives listen to this. Maybe that's if their how it wives happens. are not yeah. based enough, and then their wives become full on Nazis, and that's how it happens. Well, way. so if if there's a if there's a woman out there who thinks I could use the camaraderie of blondes hands on Seriously. Telegram, I okay. To be fair, I don't understand Telegram. Still, like I have a Telegram, but I don't understand if my Telegram is like a channel or if I'm a user of Telegram. I don't get, get Telegram either. I don't. I don't fucking get it. Okay, I went so on I was, there and I thought too spicy for me. Maybe not quite as spicy as Discord, but too spicy for me. So I don't know how you find blondes hens, but it's just blondes hens. No one. So if you can find that Telegram group um, and join it, because I've been trying to join Gypsy Crusaders Telegram and I can't. Like, I can't figure out how to do it. No, we have officially become, we haven't become boomers because we're not boomers, but become, I knew this day would come. I always thought when, when I'm, you know, old and, and my son is 20 and he knows yeah. all the cool new tech things has, is, am I, has tech 
Is tech going to pass me by in the same way it passed well, by? Yeah, I knew this would happen. It started happening with Snapchat because yeah. I was like, wait a second. You just you just send a picture of your tits to like a 14-year-old boy and then it disappears after three seconds if you're a 14-year-old girl. Great story. That, that's Compelling what Snapchat is, right? Something like that. That's what, yeah. The reason I left Snapchat is because all my dumbass friends kept sending me pictures of their shits. And their breakfast. It's either of those. Like, I don't care what waffles you ate, and I don't care what it looked like when you shit them out. So Are I'm you out. serious? Yeah, I left Snapchat oh. in like 2014. So it's it's not just for porn. I don't know what it's for anymore, because I haven't used it in almost a decade. It never Your appealed to me. Your friends were just sending you pictures of their shits? Yes. And other stuff I don't want to see. So it's like, I'm out. I have no utility. I have no use for this. Interesting. I haven't gone back. All right. Uh, next up is Bahamut Zero. Mr. Zero, are you there? Uh, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's take a moment of silence for um, for Lori Lightfoot. Indeed. <laughs> remember, remember all the memes. That I we, will that we... remember. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. That was a bit. <laughs> That's good range. Wow. <laughs> God, she sucks. And the worst part about it is she's so ugly. Like, I don't, women shouldn't be in politics, but like really ugly women also shouldn't be in politics. Is that, like, there's, there's that great image of her supposedly done up years ago with makeup and it looks like she had a, a makeover on a daytime TV show or something. <laughs> with her hair is all like. It's not bad. I mean, I'm. it's not like, oh, you know, uh, Lori Lightfoot, the, the smoke show head turner or something, but she looks uh distinctly female how about that that's an improvement that is such a low standard but and she's not morbidly obese has that ever been was there a picture of her looking like a leprechaun or dressing up as one i don't remember that one was that another halloween (laughs) costume it was some weird lesbian Uh, sex thing oh i'm just joking i don't know that (laughs) i could believe it i don't know i don't know that that photo of her has ever been verified i need to figure it out my God, here's her yearbook photo from when she's like 16 in high school and she looks exactly the same. It was, it's been Ew. unfortunate the whole time. Lori Lightfoot Young. Anyway, did you just want to talk Lori Lightfoot or did you have other stuff on your mind? Well, I actually have a question because um, I live in San Antonio and um, there was recent news about those um, those dog attacks. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah are so, you talking about uh, the pit bull one with like the pickaxes and stuff? I saw that. No, it was um, oh. it was two Staffordshire Terriers. Those are just pit bulls. <laughs> what the? I well, I don't know what those are actually. So I'm gonna look them up. Did you just oh, drop your phone down a well? No what? There we go. Never mind. It sounded like you had a phone accident or something. Oh no no no! It was my laptop because oh. um, I'm I'm carrying I'm carrying it at the moment. Oh, these are the, you're right. I thought you were joking, but these are legit. They are just That's like the proper though. name for for Pipple. Mm. Are they the exact same thing or are they different? I don't know. I think a little different. Are you asking a white person or a black person? <laughs> I don't. I've, I've known people of all races to have them, but there may be some uh, disproportionality in the demographics. I don't know. No, I meant to refer to them as pitbulls or staffers. Oh, just the terminology. They're basically the same. A black person's going to tell you they have a pitbull, but a white person is tr- going to try to circumvent that. I see. Say that's <laughs> the Staffordshire too. Yeah. But uh, uh, my, my question, my question is, um, uh, and, and I've been hearing this from a more right leaning circles about 
not owning these type of dogs mm-hmm. or or uh, or that's kind of like the i guess more politically correct term uh, I, don't, I don't i don't know if that's the right term to describe the conversation uh you're just asking about can you restate the question i'm not i'm not clear on exactly what you're asking uh do you think um do you think um like like we should be like owning these types these types ah. of dogs no or, or, or like this should there be like some form of like legislation legislation to ban these ownerships of dogs hmm. i mean everybody knows what i would do if i were benevolent monarch i would capture all dogs all mutts all dogs that are not purebred dogs and i would euthanize them all well wait like, do these not count as purebred no, I mean, and then we would never have pit bulls or chows or any number of breeds that like rip children's faces chows. off. Chows, chows are kind of. We had a, a chow husky mix who uh, was not an aggressive dog, but he was not a. I a bet that dog was a fucker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can I tell this story? I don't know. This is. Uh, am I out? In, am I? Am I going to implicate my dad? This is how big of a fucker this dog was. Okay, and uh, dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but that dog when when I was about ten, that dog disappeared. And uh, I got the old, he went to a farm story and it it wasn't until about maybe two or three years ago that I, or maybe more recently than that. I'm talking, you know, recently in my life that I finally got my dad to tell me what happened to this dog. He took him out into kind of a wilderness area near where we live. And because that dog needed to run, he was a husky mix. He always had to run. The problem is he he was so disobedient and he would never come back. And that dog ran into the Beartooth wilderness and that Beartooth Wilderness is some of the most expansive, pristine wilderness in the lower 48, full of grizzly bears, full of wolves, full of whatever you want. Mountain lions, they're all out there. And my dad apparently just shrugged and went, that's the life he chose. And he went back home. That's Dude, your I- dad is so lying to you. He took that <laughs> dog down. He old yellered him. No, I'm just well, my dad. <laughs> my dad never owned a gun, so he definitely didn't. Father Christensen would never. Did I tell you Caesar yeah. died? I didn't hear that. Ah, okay. So the old lady that um, I rehomed Caesar with. So this is why you shouldn't rehome a dog that has aggression with children. Like I knew I should have put Caesar down. I knew I should have because he was a bastard chihuahua. He was old. Nobody was going to take him. And instead I rehomed him with this nice old lady who like took in small dogs with major behavioral problems. And then like she loved him. She was always sending me pictures of, of sweaters. She had knit him and all this other stuff. And um, one day she messaged me and she's like, Caesar, like viciously attacked a little girl. Oh, shit. Yeah. The little girl was fine. Caesar like, didn't even have teeth at this point, though. What yeah, did he she, do? The little girl was, he just, you know, he, he was just a little piece of shit. Yeah. You know, and I adopted him because at the time I didn't have kids and it was this maternal thing. And um, everybody, oh, you can't, dogs aren't bad. They're, it's their owners. It's, it's their blonde owners. That's what happened. Yeah, for real. Case. I didn't have him from being a puppy. <laughs> he always had behavioral issues yeah, yeah. anyway. So when I had a baby, I was like, uh, okay. So then she messaged me like a week, two weeks ago or something like that. And she's like, Caesar passed on. And I was like, oh, what happened? And she was like, Caesar passed on. Ooh. And she just, okay. <laughs> she would he went to the farm too. Uh, yeah and and i was like well i kept asking because i wanted to know if like he had a car if he was really sick and i was like was he sick and she was like no and i was like well did he have dementia she was like for sure and i was like well what happened she was like caesar's passed on and so i'm pretty sure his dementia just made him go crazy and then she put him down all right i'm grateful that i didn't have to make that decision so thank you lady well 
I hope it was merciful. Uh, but I got to get back to Bahamut Zero's question because we just uh, answered two personal dog questions without getting to what he was talking about, which is. Oh, I'm sorry. Is man. is is the Pitbull question. I've seen a lot of Twitter debates among people I follow and respect on the Pitbull question. And what I find frustrating about it is that I'm supposed to. Well, I, I, I find frustration from both sides of it, I suppose, from the pro pitbull people that only the it's only bad owners there are no bad dogs i have to ignore a mountain of data that shows me that there are particular dog breeds that are responsible for a sizable chunk of the fatal attacks on people and they'll they'll say no 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 that's a, there's a, a the people who assemble the data hate pitbulls and it's dog breedism or whatever whatever the dog equivalent of racism everybody hates pitbulls so they've framed them I don't know, man. I, I buy the data as accurate and I'm going to accept that as accurate, generally speaking. Yeah, it's a lot of pitbulls. Um, on, on the ban side, you know, generally I'm not in favor of banning things necessarily. But as long as this remains under local control, like who, who am I to tell a, a particular city or a particular neighborhood, frankly, a particular state, if they've determined that this animal is too dangerous for them to accept? It's too I, dangerous. You can't own a wolf. They, we accept that for other animals, yeah. So, yeah, and so there should be standards here. Pit bulls are bred to lock their jaw on something. It's why they make their bites worse. Like they don't commit the worst, the the most bites, but they commit the worst bites. That's why people's faces are getting ripped off and stuff. Yeah, I think labs actually have the most bites, but it's probably just because they're so um, abundant. So I I have a hesitation to to ban things in general. If it if it came up in my state, I would I would have a serious look at that. I'm not saying ban now, ban them all, euthanize them all. I, I'm just saying I don't want to reject the data on which dogs attack and when they're fatal. And you need to evaluate your policy on on that information. No, ban pitbulls. Euthanize I, every pitbull in America. Pull, pull pitbulls out of people's houses. And then shoot them I, on the front line. Oh, I, will, oh. I will certainly admit, and I'll this, I'll just say this, and Bahamut, I'll let you have last word, uh, and thanks for your patience. Um, can I deny that if there was a uh, loose pit bull around my neighborhood that was not under the control consistently of the owner, uh, would I hesitate to bring my son in that area? Yeah, 100%. Um, and are people unreasonable for wanting to get some control of that? I don't know. Maybe there are measures you can put in place that uh, that don't involve some outright ban, but it's it's your neighborhood. It's your city. Manage it as you see fit. Mm. Bahamut. No, uh, uh, I, I wanted to I wanted to say that um, in the past, um, I have heard about a different kind of dog. Uh, I believe it was the Rylers that 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 they were dangerous and that and that they wanted them. Some people just wanted to get rid of Rottweilers, and 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 now now I'm hearing about the pit bulls. So, um, I, I'm just waiting for whatever whatever dogs gonna come out, gonna come out to the pit bulls. Ah, they'll just make a new one. I've seen pit bulls right. compared to guns actually in this way. Like, oh, uh, if, if, if guns might, if you have more guns, you might have more gun violence, but that doesn't mean that you ban them. I'm not sure that. It's a fair comparison. I'm not saying you're making that comparison, obviously, Bahamut Zero, but it's like uh, uh, a, an inanimate object is not the same thing as as a dog that acts on behalf of its own will uh, or its own impulse. So guns and, and dogs aren't quite the same that way. Uh, but I, I, I have seen that comparison floating around. I find it a little weird 
uh, but people mm. go with it. Like, how could you be in favor of banning pit bulls but not banning guns? The logic doesn't 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 uh, follow. Anyway, anybody else have any thoughts? Uh, I think that's it for me. I think All I right. took too much time on that. Well, we took your time. No, we took, we took your time. Yeah. <laughs> we had to tell our childhood dog stories or we did. Blonde's most recent dog story. Anyway, uh, thank you for the call. Yeah, sure. You know, the only way to piss people off more than uh, hating their most beloved movie is to talk about dogs they love, too. And and there are lots of people I, I hear it all the time. Oh, I had a pit. The pit was was great. Uh, never had any problems. I raised it right. And I don't. I'm sure you did. I don't uh, people want to take it personally and say, no, no, no. I, because I had this experience that invalidates all of other people's experience, everything yeah. else that's out there. I have to look at the, the data in the aggregate. I, I, I'm not saying it's impossible for these dogs to be behaved and for them to live a life that isn't aggressive towards others. And I'm sure it's probably circumstantially different too. I'm sure having a bunch of pits uh, out on your, multi-acre uh, multi ranch or something like that, or you have a whole bunch of land or you're far away from people. I'm sure that's a They'll lot less... They'll just rip apart all the sheep or whatever. It's probably not... Listen, some dogs yeah. are just pieces of shit. Everybody goes full retard on this dog thing, in America especially. It's so stupid. It's because people don't have kids. Um, but there's this attitude that, like, people can be born bad, you know? Mm -hmm. But dogs can't be born bad. It's always the, It's always the owners doing something wrong. I guess well, obviously some piece of shit inbred dogs are just born bad. I just certainly like people. I agree with that, that the, that logic has to follow that if there are bad guys there, there has to be something there has to be a such thing as a bad dog. The pushback I'm sure uh, that the pro pit people would have, and I don't think they're entirely wrong. We don't punish groups of people on behalf of bad individuals. We punish bad individuals. The problem with that is what is the level of risk you're willing to accept if there's a particular group that shows a disproportionate tendency toward that risk? And uh, then you get into all sorts of other questions uh, that that follow. And um, I suppose this is a good spot to move on. <laughs> Did you even know you were what you were saying until you were? I, I know exactly what I'm saying. It's just it's that this 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 discussion always goes that way. And no, I'm not saying dogs and and people are interchangeable, but th there are some pieces of the reasoning here that that apply to both. It, uh, obviously, I don't think that the morality of how you treat people is exactly the same as the morality of how you treat dogs. Yeah, but how we yeah. apply justice. Uh, to individuals versus groups, I think a lot of those, a lot of those principles probably apply too. Or maybe they shouldn't. Maybe you just say, you know what, dogs are not humans; they're dogs, and they they don't deserve the same sort of individual rights that humans have, or something like. They maybe you wanna, don't. Maybe you want to make that case. Of course, they well, don't. But if you say people, they have no, no rights, act, then, I'm not. I'm not scoffing at what you're saying, but people yeah. actually believe that dogs deserve the same rights and privileges. As human beings, yeah. it's retarded. That's yeah. stupid. I, I think either absolute is is hard to defend. There to say that that dogs have rights on the same level of humans would be a nonsense right. world. To say that and they I have no dogs. rights and yeah. that we shouldn't criminalize, say, animal abuse. If you just go out and fillet a dog for fun, that has no moral implications. Clearly, that's not true either. So what what are the moral rules that apply here? I'm not even. I'm not asking. 
rhetorically. I don't know. I uh, animal the the moral truths of animal welfare and animal rights. That's not something I've put a ton of thought to. So maybe I should put some more thought to it. Anyway, let's see if we can get one more call before the bottom of the hour. If you're still listening and uh, we haven't pissed you off with the dog takes. I'm no sure. one's listening. We have zero <laughs> listeners. Right Emails now. incoming. And that's, that's fine. Uh, Juggernaut, are you there? Yes. I have a question. Sure. Why was Ping too lurking in the server? It's very suspicious. Was she? Is Ping too a fed? Uh, I, I didn't know that she was. Did she come on? Did she join the Discord server? You're saying she joined but didn't comment? Didn't speak? She just entered, she was entered the on chat? Discord. It was probably an accident. Nah, she didn't speak in anywhere. I don't know. She must have joined the Discord server <laughs> for something. But she's been a member of the Discord server for a long, long time. True. So, yeah. It was just odd. thought she'd jump in randomly at some point or something. Uh, no, I know that occasionally she might help me test something or something like that, but I don't, I don't know. All right. All right. So I have a question. If the second amendment was based and you could own any weapon, is there anything you'd like to own other than just, you know, regular rifles and stuff? Ah, as in so like even tanks, beyond bombs, full autos, you're talking like heavy yeah, fighter jets. Yeah. The whole nine yards. If I could have whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, around here, I'd probably take a tank just because it, it would be incredibly fun to drive a tank around this part of the country. Interesting. Any tank in mind or I'm not a tank expert. So are you speaking like modern or historical or what? All of them. Uh, give me the what's the Hitler tanks? The um, the Tiger or the, the, the Panzers? Tiger ones, Tiger yeah. twos. Yeah, give me Panthers. the give me the Nazi Germany tank. I'll, I'll do that. That'll be fun. <laughs> King Tiger. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, well, I can go killdozer with a tank. That's true. Ah, the killdozer. Mm. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good pick. The killdozer. Well, there's only one. I like really, the idea that in this universe, their killdozers are like manufactured for personal use, just regularly. Well, <laughs> that'd a, be so funny. In a just society, there are no pit bulls, but killdozers are. But killdozers. Uh, you can drive one right off the lot. I love it. You got to drive the killdozer to get epic. the pit bulls. How else are you going to manage them? <laughs> And to protect yourself from the pit bulls. Anyway. The killdozer wall to push the pit bulls out of the state. Do you have another idea of what you'd like to own in such a world? I'd own a nuke. Mm. And then I'd blow someone up. I'm not sure who, though. Wait, this is very very precise nuke. You're talking a personal nuke. Oh, yeah. Well, it doesn't need to be precise. I could just carry it somewhere and then blow it up. But you're trying to get one guy? No, I, you know, a whole state would be neat. Well, not a state, and a whole nation, you know, something kind of cool. <laughs> okay. All right. Fed, 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 fed. Anything else all before right. uh, before we let you go? Nope, that's all. Uh, all right. I'll Thank see you, you later, man. niggers. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Come on, man. God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know what the rules of Neil are. I, I like you, you gotta show a little respect. <laughs> Jesus, he actually said the end. He did okay. All right. <sighs> you know, it's like it's not that I'm clutching. My, here's here's the thing on that. It's just so people understand me. I'm not sitting here clutching my pearls like I'm so offended. I I would like 
to not be punished for the for the words of of others if i can't like if i'm gonna go down can it be for my own material you know yeah um and and i will say when you choose to do that you do seriously put my channel at risk uh it's not like i'm so mad that a word was said but like i got i got something to protect here I, I I have to keep that in mind. And so I will ask politely that that you refrain from doing that. And I know that if I ask politely, then everyone's going to join in and do it some more. But rightly or wrongly, I face serious consequences for such utterances. And uh, I would prefer to avoid those if at all possible. Can't believe that. Anyway. All right. Hard R straight to the super chats. What a what a world! What a stream! I don't have them ready to go. Okay. Uh, oh, now I do. Okay. Daniel Yeager says the gay war has suffered its first casualty in Lori Lightfoot. Services are to be held aboard the USS Harvey Milk, where her ashes are to be scattered <laughs> in the San Francisco Bay. Uh, Pootler uh, will be attending. Wow, that's uh, that sounds great. Uh, Many of those people probably have AIDS. Max says Matt, very fitting, Matt N-word Christensen. But this is a reference reference to what I'm going to do at Uh, Chick-fil-A. But I I have to drive two hours to get to a Chick-fil-A. But when I get there, that's my name. Put it on my receipt. Matt (laughs) N-word Christensen. Long Dong John says... Will all the Democrat voting millennials and Zoomers regret their life choices when they're drafted to fight in Ukraine like Zelensky is asking for? Yeah, I wonder. Uh, maybe. No, they probably would just go down with the ship. I noticed that people are are playing that uh, clip. Dare I? D- I yes, I have to. I have to take up the sword for Z- Zelensky. I have, I have to defend the context of that clip a little bit. We we did play it on Sunday. It's been cut. Just to show him saying your sons and daughters will die, fight and die for Ukraine. That's not what he said. Yeah. He he said, if you don't support us now, Russia will invade NATO members and then your sons and daughters will fight for Ukraine. So it was more threatening. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it was. It was uh, more. What's the word? I'm like, what's the form of extortion that I'm looking for here? (laughs) Extortive. Maybe. Is that a word? Um, Yeah. So contextually it's not exactly as it's been presented in a lot of cases but it's still bad we talked about it on sunday and i am st- still very critical of the idea of cut this guy a check or your sons and daughters are going to right. die in defense of that country but i just want to be contextually accurate thank you long dong john um bocephus says uh, or bocephus um blonde great interview with razor fist matt you were there as well uh, blonde could you suggest <laughs> razor do a new segment razor fist reviews Oh, Razor Fist reviews Matt's movie review. I heard he. St- I, I suggest he starts with uh, with Blade Runner. Uh, is is Razor Fist a Blade Runner fan? We didn't get into I'm that. Sure, he. I guarantee he loves Blade Runner. I don't yeah. know, but no, that was fun. Um, it is up on Blonde's channel. We'll play a little bit back of it back on Sunday. Admittedly, you know, it's Blonde's channel. Blonde's uh, doing well with her interviews. I want to not take over that discussion, so I don't speak a lot until the back half. But that's sort of by design. We did have some uh, some uh, discussion about some of my stuff uh, toward the back half of the uh, the interview. Yes. So. so the the agreement was that the one time I do an interview and invite Matt on, he doesn't do any work. And then the <laughs> eight shows a month that he does where I show up, I don't do any work. Wait, and- I still did work. I had <laughs> prepped stuff. 
He did have a lot of stuff prepped. Yeah. Uh, Razor Fist, he's so fired up about this topic. You know, I think it was hard for either of us to get a word in edgewise. Not that I'm complaining. It was so much fun to talk to him. Yeah. And I just, I, people are here to hear, people are there to hear him listen, not to right, hear me. Right. Nobody wants to hear us talk. Seconds, yeah. So I just let him go. And uh, we got to, we got to some of the stuff that I want to talk about most, specifically the right to secede, which I think is a very interesting topic. In his, his mm-hmm. Lincoln video, he said that, it was a, a universally accepted or universally acknowledged right by the founders, which I don't think is. I mean, it's it's tough to say that they all explicitly said there is a right to secede. He he does point to some of their their writings, um, the uh, to to make that point. But um, what I find so fast, and I I think it's it's consistent with the themes of the American Revolution. The American Revolution was a secession of sorts, so it's hard to argue that the revolutionaries were anti-secessionists. Right. The Declaration of Independence itself says when government becomes destructive to its ends of of uh, defending the rights of the people, it's on the people to abolish it and build something new. And that's really what secession is. Anyway, what I was curious about his perspective on is if the founders were universally accepting of a right to secession, why is that a why is that omitted in the Constitution? Yeah, why, exactly. why is that a constitutional mystery? And so that was fun to talk about. It was. Yeah. Uh, we will uh, we'll obviously have some more of that on Sunday, but it's live on Blonde's channel right now if you want to check it out. It's doing really uh, well. And he's uh, he's a good guy. He was. Uh, he, uh, I don't know what I expected. I've never talked to him before. What I mean by that is his persona and sort of uh, just who he is conversationally different. I, I guess you could you could guess that. But he's he was very polite. You know, I sort of expected this kind of like edgy in your face guy as he presents himself, but he was very polite uh, when he's just hanging out. So yeah, that was interesting. Kevin S says, Matt is 100% dead on about Snapchat. I worked construction at around the same year and was inundated with my friends morning dumps every single day. Yeah. Well, do you guys do this? That's so I'm not gross. friends with any of those people anymore. That's partly why they're <laughs> is all that why you seem averse to like grow. You probably, I don't know this about you, but you seem like you'd be somebody that's averse to really gross stuff. I don't want to see pictures of anybody's mm-hmm. shit. I can't think of a, a situation in which I would want to, unless it's like, so no, but like, what is allowed? Like, can your wife fart in front of you? <laughs> uh, she doesn't. She just doesn't. Yeah. I've never established a rule, but she's a lady. My husband has established a rule and it's a problem. Uh, the rule is you're not allowed. No, he like rips ass. Just con- he's just constantly <clears throat> farting all the time. Me, nothing. I, uh, I can't. You know, I got to go to a different room and stuff. That's what like, I'm saying. See he me he has bl- he has banned you, or you have just adopted that. No, he has banned me. You wow. think I want to be walking around my own house holding my farts? Well, it's, it's also, not fair. I mean, nobody really wants. I shouldn't say nobody. I don't know. I think my wife and I are on the same page. I don't want to be in a house where people are walking around farting all the time. Just, you know, head over to the bathroom. You go into the bathroom to fart in your own house. I think it's a courtesy. That's insane. That is insane. Wasp nonsense. I think that you have to be. I think you got to be a little more reserved about it. I don't, you don't want to live in a house where everyone's just walking around ripping ass. Plus if you do that with your kids, they're going to think that's acceptable out there. And it's not. Emily does. It's hilarious. She'll fart and then she'll go. I farted. We'll see how hilarious it is when she's 16, 17, 18. No, she'll get it together if she wants boys to like her. (laughs) Greg Davis says, uh, 
You guys need to step up your game now that you have some stiff competition from Sydney and the quartering. No one else has done your format in a big way until now. How will you respond? Uh, what, which form? I don't know what format they're doing. Are they doing like, uh, I assume you don't mean the call-in show. You mean like uh, the yeah. typical Sunday thing. Well, uh, as I've said, as I said to Blonde, I've said many times, um, we may not be standing the tallest, but we're still standing. And I'll put my record of still standing <laughs> against pretty much anybody. I don't know. Included. She doesn't have any spicy takes, though. So they, they just can't hold a candle to us because she's not well. She's too mean. Blah, fucking blah. And then like in six months, she's going to sue Jeremy for drinking too much coffee and, and farting in front of her. Or whatever. Shut up. Silly the, woman. The, um, Something like offensive. that is coming. Yeah, yeah. it's going to get litigious very quick. No, I but don't know. I can't hang. I have not seen their product, so I can't comment on it. I, All I, I've seen is them talking about Matt, Matt Walsh. Oh, they did a segment on that about Dylan Mulvaney. About how he was too mean, yeah. Oh. Well, I think in many aspects of society, we could use a little meanness right now. Or if the, would you rather have the truth or would you rather have politeness? If you could only pick, and I know they're not mutually exclusive, but I will choose truth over politeness every single time. For sure. Yeah. Who wants to be nice to Dylan Mulvaney? <gasps> did I tell you that I got suspended on Twitter again? For, for what? Week. What did you do? Okay, so I retweeted that Dylan Mulvaney quote clip where he was talking about stealing people's husbands because he passes, right? Oh, I didn't see it, but it makes sense. I said, these trannies are playing a dangerous game, and then I may or may not have linked to the New York Times article about that Marine drowning that tranny in the toilet who um, gave, he gave a fraudulent blow to. Well, that's the dangerous game. <laughs> yeah. And then I got banned for a week for uh, hate speech and violence, threats of violence. What? I said oh. they're playing a dangerous game. And then I linked to an article where a tranny got murdered. That's still not. Uh, hey, that's not legal incitement. It was strongly implied. Well, I kind of understand. I think you're letting Elon off too easily. I'm going to say mm-hmm. that he's uh, breaching his commitments once again. They are playing a dangerous game. I don't know what to say here. How long till you're banned by Elon too? It won't be long now. I, I give know. it uh, uh, a couple didn't months. Didn't Patriot stops. Alternative um, just get banned? Oh, I don't know. We, <sighs> we got to get back to the uh, to the calls. We'll come back to your chats uh, at the top of the um, hour. Thanks, I'll guys. have to just circle back with you. Reinhardt is up next. Reinhardt, are you there? Hello. Hi. Is that really your name? What, Reinhardt? Yeah. <laughs> no, of course oh. not. I don't know. I, I know some people named Reinhardt. Oh, I mean, it's a cool name, but no, it's got nothing to do with mine, and mm. for good, good reason. How you doing? Well, what's uh, what's on your oh. mind? Well, I wanted to start on on the best foot I could by offering some constructive criticism for the show. No, no, get out of here. Get the hell out. <laughs> what, what well, you your long form stuff, I love it. Yeah, but it's not long enough. Blonde that cannot you did, be you did great. I love. No, no, no. I loved the interview you did with um, Razor Fist. Everybody is got... complaining that it wasn't long enough, and I understand. It wasn't. I, mean, I know, no, I know. It was good. I'm not going to you know, look a gift horse in the mouth. I know it's free, but I loved it, and I was enjoying it, and then you're like, well, that's time. I was oh, man. I know. Well, the problem was, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he was a little bit late, and then we all had commitments that were backed up to the time slot. So I actually did have two hours booked in, just in case. Um, but we could only fit an hour. 
Now that would have felt better. I think two hours would have been great because I wanted to really get into the weeds of like you know his sources and like kind of reading he did and all that. And yeah, y'all y'all touched on a lot of that stuff, but you know I just, it was a long day and I didn't have much to listen to and it mm. cut it short. Well, have you listened to my interview with Gypsy Crusader? Are you who, who are you talking to? Of course, you. I have. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you yeah, called us about I him a few it. weeks ago. I can't remember. Didn't you bring him up? Yeah, I've been pestering you guys for months about it. You know, because I are you I the guy? Plant the seed. Yeah, yeah, I'm the guy. Were you communicating with him um, when he was in jail? Is that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering what happened to him, and then I couldn't find anything on the Google machines. So. I did a little digging. I found out uh, he was in Broward County Jail. I'm like, I know Broward County. I bet he can get outside calls. And sure enough, they could. So I got wow, in. The first thing he said to me, he's expecting his parents to call. He said, well, wait, who are you? <laughs> who is this? So, uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. He, it was shocking talking to him because he's just not at all what I expected. He's such a nice guy. I don't, You know, he gets a bad rap, but he's just got good senses all. Oh, and like so nice and caring before we went live his um his like nephew or something this little boy like jumped on his lap yes he was, was just like playing with you know he's just like a really nice normal guy that's been he driven is. to the edge by society <laughs> seriously though well he really has it's so funny that he he does the stuff he does and, and all it is is crude humor really but deep down, there is some genuine resentment that they've ensured that, that they planted there, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, but wouldn't you be pissed nobody off? nobody to blame but them for, for the way he is and the way we all are, you know? He's like Which above average me... in every regard in his life, and he has to he can't even work at a fucking gas station. I'd be so mad. Correct. Yeah. He's like a world-class kickboxer, yeah. and they won't even let him do that. What were you going to ask? Sorry. Oh, I was just going to go into the, my, my what I really wanted to talk about was... um. We, the need for direct action, you know, we, I think all the conversations have been had when, when it comes to politics, we, we know what we want and we kind of know where the lines are drawn and we need to start getting boots on the ground and actually doing something about changing things in this country or get out. Those are kind of the only two options I see. Well, they don't let you get out. So <laughs> there's no well, leaving. Yeah. So that's it, kind of my point, you know, what, if, uh, if they're not going to let us secede, what, so what are, what, else what, there's, what are your sorry, ideas? Uh, and keep in mind that the uh, fed occupant on the server is listening. Well, I'll be very clear then. Um, the only option we have that ever works is legal open carry armed protest. Hmm. Legal. If it's not legal in your state, don't do it. All right, let me be clear. That's, that's what Gypsy Crusader was saying, Anytime there's a right-wing yeah. protest, it gets, you know, rousted by the cops and shut down, and or there's fed ops and whatnot. Except when we do Second Amendment open carry protests, they go off mm. without a hitch every single time because everybody's strapped, and the cops don't want to raise tension. Do you remember so that one in Virginia? A a couple of, it was like a year or two ago. It was massive. It was a gun rights yes. uh, demonstration at the Virginia Capitol and everybody was carrying and there were there was basically no criminal activity at all. If I recall no, not, correctly, not basically it was none. It yeah. was beautiful. It went off without a hitch. Yeah. And so the media absolutely shut the hell up about it because, you know, that it ruins the narrative that, oh, if everybody has guns, there will be violence. 
and also these right-wing white men are terrorists and all that stuff. It kills two birds with one stone. And, and so yeah, they just one, kind of ignore it. They were fighting some proposed bill in Virginia too. And I, wasn't it successful in that regard? That, did that bill die? I can't remember exactly what happened. But there was something specifically they were much protesting. Credit, but I believe it was an AR-15 ban that were, they were trying to do or some sort of you know assault weapon ban. Yeah. That it probably wasn't going to go anywhere anyway. But it was they were making enough noise about it that they organized this protest and everybody brought their guns and it went off without a hitch. The cops were there, too. I mean, they always are. But, you know, they interact very politely. They're not pushing anybody around or arresting people because, you know, they don't want to escalate. And that's to my point. That's the only way we're going to get our voices heard or get anything done. It's the only way we're allowed to organize is if we are in some way at least have the implication of protecting ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what to say about this. And I I do mean legally. I'm not Fed posting here. I'm definitely not calling for violence. All right. So I will be there with all the uh, the the 13 inch barrels and uh, and the and the stocks for anyone who would like to put these things together to show up. Right. Uh, right. also, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> also the, uh, what, no, anyway, I'll end the bit before they, before they actually do raid my house over it. Today's the, or it wasn't today. Um, the other, was it yesterday is the anniversary of Waco. The ATF actually put oh, up a, really? a memorial for, Oh, I don't, their, I don't know. Their, I'm their embarrassed. I don't lost. remember when that happened. It, it Wait, was ATF within, did? Yeah. ATF. This tweeted. was last year, right? No, it's just in the last couple of days. Didn't they might've done it last for Ruby year too. Ridge too. Uh, they might have. It seems like half the time they're trolling. Uh, they, they, the ATF tweeted uh, some kind of dog appreciation post within the last within the last year or two. Whoever runs that account, I think, knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, yeah they're they, getting real ballsy. Yeah, they were uh, they were memorializing there are agents lost at Waco, and they had a whole event uh, where they were speaking about it and stuff. Um, yeah, I do remember that now that you say it. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, um, do you have any other thoughts before we let you go? Um, Blonde, how are you celebrating National Women's Month or Women's History Month? Is that a thing? And oh, apparently yeah. it is now. It's March. Uh, no. <laughs> no. We're, we're, there's no uh, repeal the 19th drive that we're putting together. That uh-huh. can be our first armed protest. Too tired. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Talk about Let's two organize birds, one and stone. take away there the 19th. <laughs> I'm with you. But yeah, that's all. I just wanted to put that out there and uh, see what you guys thought about, you know, using that as a legitimate call to action. And it's the only way I can see that they that'll prevent us from getting shut down when we do try to organize. No, I think I think that that's uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think and I think thinking of the Virginia example, it seems like it was successful. And a lot of this is a lot of this relates to the debate about open carrying in general, too. And and people talk about whether they prefer to concealed carry or open carry. And so long as I've been carrying, I've I've preferred concealed both as a courtesy to others and for tactical reasons. But the counters that I've always heard is we have to get people more comfortable and accepting of just seeing a gun on someone's person. I think there's a lot to be said for that for ju- from just a pure gun rights perspective, too, even beyond the the broader political themes that you're talking about that that could probably be served. By, again, the lawful bearing of arms, not just according to the Second Amendment, but according to uh, the laws of your state or jurisdiction, however square with the Second Amendment they may or may not be. 
I would never advocate anything against such things to our Fed listener on the server. Never. Of course. I mean, I'm in Oklahoma, and to speak to my personal experience, everybody open carries. I mean, not everybody, but plenty. If you go to Walmart, you will see six handguns, you know, walking through the door. Yeah. So, I personally, I conceal because I don't have a retention holster. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to fumble with it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think both are good. Yeah. The tact, tact, tactically, if you're by yourself, conceal, I would say. Yeah. But if you're demonstrating, open carry. So, yeah, I, I, that's the line I would draw. All right. Well, thank you for the thoughts, man. Appreciate it. All right. Good talking to you guys. You too. Tree Sap is up next. Tree Sap, are you there? Yeah. Hi. What's on your mind? Hey. Um. So I wanted to see, you know, depending on what you guys want to talk about, um, either uh, religion, uh, basically just how, how's the Bible study going, or child protective services. Child Ooh. protective services. Yeah, I can go with that. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> so, fuck them, basically. Um, okay. <laughs> All right, good talk. Let's get to the Bible. I know, story. really. No, uh, I right. do. I worry about this, though. In what context? Go for it. Uh, I, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and you should. So, for example, um, uh, it was a while ago, but my wife was talking to a teacher. And she basically wanted to be polite and say, hey, I need to go. And so she told her, like, eh, you know, I got a kid at home, so, like, I got to head home. Now, I work from home. So, you know, the, the kid's being supervised, right? They called Child Protective Services on us. Uh, what? Why? For, yeah, why? For neglect. Because you because... said there was a kid at home and nobody was home. Right. Ah, they thought right. nobody was home or nobody was home. They assumed nobody was home. I was home. Who did what a bunch the of fuckers? You Wait. should burn their house down. <laughs> Defensively. Uh, who? who <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So the who, teacher, the teacher at school, she said, your right. wife said, I need to get home to the kids at home. The teacher right. in, inferred that to mean child at home unaccompanied. And they right. had an, they had CPS visit your house. Exactly. Right. Okay. And so, according to the government's child welfare site, of course, grounds for termination of parental rights include severe abuse or neglect. And so, I, I think when you pair this with what's going on with the trannies, um, <laughs> then it becomes a real problem, right? Like, at what point is not allowing your child to transition considered neglect? And then they can just take your kids away. Yeah. Uh, can I can I ask what state you're in? Utah. Utah. The only yeah. context in which this might make sense to me, and I don't know Utah's state law on this, but you might be able to tell me, or you know, I could try to look it up. But sometimes there are laws that compel teachers or That's other right. persons that if a teacher has suspicion of neglect in this case they are compelled by the law to report that. I, I wonder if maybe that it was a case of this uh, or a case of that in this case. I don't so, know. So that is the but, case in, okay. in Utah. In so maybe fact, she's just covering her ass or him. He's covering his ass. I don't know. Right. All, all citizens or, you know, residents of Utah are allegedly compelled by law. Okay. According to Utah's law. If uh, they think she didn't have to do that. 
just lady, be cool. Let that guide your behavior. Right. So of course the CPS person came over, you know, my wife let them in, which that's a mistake. Don't talk to government. You know, you think letting them in is a mistake for sure. Mm. (laughs) You don't have to don't talk to them. I told her to go hit the road and she said, uh, Oh, well, you know, don't be surprised if the cops come by, because, of course, that's the tactic of the government. But the fact that they're talking to you proves that it wasn't negligent in the way that was suspected. Right. You know, but they wanted to come in and check and see. She started asking me questions like, well, what's your work schedule? You know, and I was like, none of your damn business, lady. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. So she's trying to see if my schedule lines up with being able to take care of the kid. And it's like, I'm here at home. He's supervised. Yeah. Go forget yourself. You know? <laughs> so anyway. Well, I, uh, yeah. all of these things, this is um, the, the balance of when government should intervene in the parent child relationship is very difficult to find because in the context of say ch- child gender transitions, as, as you're talking about, at what point are those abusive and, and the state, potentially should intervene. We're seeing legislation to that effect across the country right now. But but if it became reversed in the way that you're talking about, if the state is on the side of child gender transitions, how long until they're pull- doing the same thing they did to you, not on the pretext of uh, of right. of ne- of just neglect in general, but on the basis of you yeah. have to transition your child. And that's why, you know, even I, I, I can't uh, I'm very wary of this trend of what is mutilating children. I'm also very wary of a state in overly empowered to go tear children away from their parents. Exactly. And, and yeah. so in general, I'm going to take the position that we ought to be less interventionist with right. the state uh, rather than I'd rather err on that side than err on the side of having the state be too, too powerful. There are a few things you can do more destructive than having than tearing kids away from their parents. Yeah. And the more yeah. you enable that, the more problems you're going to have. So even though that does to some extent that could enable a lot of the child gender transition stuff, that's the, the, the principle that I have to take on that. I just, uh, I mean, in your case, obviously that solves a, a, a lighter touch of the state was due in your case. The other side of that is what if, what if you are doing abusive things in your home? Mm-hmm. Well, sure. Then maybe some yeah, of that goes unnoticed or enabled. Right. And and here here's the other thing about this. Like, for example, so there is no due process here, really. I mean, yes, it goes to a court, but the court could order your children taken away from you first, and then you effectively have to prove that you're a fit parent. Now, you know, allegedly they only do that in, you know, extreme cases, but they have the capacity to do that, which is just bizarre to me. Hmm. Uh, and then on top of that, they can do things like CPS can go visit your child while they're in public school oh. without legal counsel and without parental oversight. They can and just interview them and ask them questions. Yeah, about just drag them into a, a conference room or something like that by themselves. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. So it's just it's crazy, you know. And like, for example, our, our one of our kids has autism, easily manipulable, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just anyway. Yeah, it's a big problem. People should be worried about it. Um, you know, anyway. 
That's all I got to say. Well, I, oh, I've never heard of a visit as outrageous as that. So that's exactly the sort of thing I'm worried about, frankly. So thanks for sharing that story. And uh, it's I would it seems odd to think that that would be happening in a place like Utah, too. I wouldn't think of Utah as a heavy handed place for for that. For the nature of the allegation or the nature of the suspicion here. But, I, you know, yeah. it, it goes to show if, if you if you get too heavy handed with trying to protect children from their own parents, you, you I think you get a lot of uh, self-defeating destruction, potentially. Yeah. Well, th- thanks for the story. I appreciated that. And uh, I, all the best to your family. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. thanks See you. Let's see. We are due for uh, another chat break. It is the top of the hour. Uh, over on Rumble, Second Amendment or Die says, "I drove ten hours each way to participate in that Virginia protest. It was uh, much more, or it was much like the trucker convoy in spirit. A love fest. Virginia legislators only dropped half the anti two A laws; the other half passed. It was an anti gunner's wet dream of laws, red flags, semi semi auto ban, magazine ban." And nothing grandfathered in. I'm not sure what ended up passing, but were it not for our protest, it would have passed. Well, that's good to hear. It was at least partially effective. I should go back and revisit that because that's the that is the largest armed protest that I can remember. And I remember watching some of that live at this desk and thinking, well, this is really cool. Yeah. Not just as a revival of gun rights, but because it is a counter to that narrative like all these armed look at all these armed white militia people here to here to cause havoc and you know, it, and nothing happened there were there was no criminality i remember there were some videos of what looked like people trying to maybe bait a little conflict but nothing ended up materializing so mm-hmm. that is an example of what i think is a successful uh a successful use of the strategy that uh, the prior caller was referencing is that all on rumble uh just one more he also oh, says Second Amendment or, or Die also says D.C. has taken over Richmond and Richmond has taken over the entire state. Yeah, Is is Virginia just an arm of D.C.? Well, I suppose you got Youngkin and he's done some good things as far as I can tell. I haven't followed his, <laughs> yeah, his uh, governor, his governorhood, his governorship very closely. But he's better than Terry McAuliffe. I'll tell you yeah. that much. Terry McAuliffe was a crazy man. What did he say about schools? It was something like that that debate moment where he said we... Something to the effect of we can't have parents deciding what. Yes, is, it was something about like the communal child or something like that. Yeah, it, we we can't have we can't have parents in charge of the school system. Something like that. Anyway, glad to see he lost. Uh, and that's all on uh, Rumble. Was it Greg Davis? Was the last one? I think. Yep. So. Uh, some pit bulls are very mad. They're please don't ban us. We can't help our instincts. <laughs> they can't help their instincts, but you know. Here we go. Uh, Jeff Sloat. Hello, Blonde and Matt. Thanks for the excellent content. Content. Have you all ever considered a video game version of the movie? Oh, I, I've actually never played any video game except for Mario Kart. Well, that's a good that's a good game. If that's the only game you've ever played, that's uh, that is a legendary one. Um, the, the It wouldn't work for that reason that I don't think Blonde is going to just get into video games. But even if she did problem with reviewing video games is it is a massive time commitment to get a yeah. good review on a game these days. You're going to have to invest eight, 10, 12 hours of playing that game minimum. And even then you might no not way. see everything you need to see. So, I, and I don't even play 
I don't even play video games really anymore. Not because I don't like video games. I do. But at this point in my life, they just don't fit. So maybe they'll return when uh, when I can play with my my kids or something. But Xbox is out for me for the time being. Um, let's see, Max. I hope you didn't read my last chat out loud. What was it? Oh yeah, uh, no, no, he didn't. It's cool. He I got it. Don't worry. Uh, Nicholas H. I have next. You want me to take over? Or you want to take that? Sorry, I heard my kid say something. Oh. Uh, Killer Bunny is who I have next. Oh, well, you feared the hard hard R let yet you refresh. let blonde speak. I never hard R. <laughs> Uh, the, well, no, we each have said the N word hard R in a, in the context in which I said it is I said Jack Conti is not a white. Referring when to did s- I say it? I, I don't you remember. Said, well, it's debatable, but you said it when you quoted President Biden when he said it. <laughs> he said, that does not count. He said, listen here, N worded here. And you Googled the word N worded with the hard R while saying it. Oh, huh. yeah. That's Good how that me. happened. Yeah. Um, Slosher. Canadian CIA has leaked that China, China had been funding Trudeau for years. He has responded by saying an investigation will be launched to look into systemic racism. Not even joking. I can email for Sunday if you want. I believe anything. Did we, did we get Nicholas's chat? I don't want to skip over it. I refreshed so now I'm back on the same page as you, but he said tax relief based on reproduction is oh, the no. number one way to get the right people to reproduce at higher rates. It's policy slam dunk. Yeah. I, um, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm warmer to it now than I would have been at a prior point in my life. Uh, and, and certainly I'm warmer to government incentive ideas than government punishment ideas. Yeah, yeah, maybe this is, maybe I'm thinking about this wrong and it's more of an incentive than a punishment. Uh, if you frame it as higher tax rates for people who choose not to, then I guess it's a punishment. If you frame it as lower tax rates for people who opt in, then I guess it's a reward. Depends on, yeah. on the, on the yeah. way you frame it. But in general, am I with all of the uh, injustices of our current government and governments, if if uh, significant injustice is, oh, no, people are getting a property tax decrease on account of having sizable, healthy families. Well, that would be uh, quite the world to live in if that was my greatest concern. So. Um, I also missed that Greg Davis one. Ah, he says pits shouldn't be banned. People should be held accountable for their crimes, for the crimes their pits commit. So if a pit bites someone's arm off, should the uh, should be the same prison time. Uh, it would be if a man if you cut uh, a man cut someone's arm off. Ooh, well, if you mate, I suppose maybe that's a some sort of compromise position. I would very much That's hilarious. Think, and I like it. I would very much think twice about owning that sort of dog. If I knew that was the consequence. Now, of course you're going to have a, a severe financial liability. If that happens anyway, if your dog yeah. maims, someone kills someone, you're still going to face a wrongful death lawsuit or, you know, some kind of uh, injury lawsuit in that way. You're going to pay. But yep. if you paid criminally as though you inflicted the damage yourself with your own <laughs> hands, yeah. maybe that's the answer. I, I, I don't know that that's, it sounds harsh, but I don't know that that's that unreasonable either. It's not. It, there, there is a distinction between intentionally uh, maiming someone yourself and being negligent such that you enabled that. There is, right. that would be the difference in the murder context, say between murder and, uh, you know, like an involuntary manslaughter or some other form of like a negligent 
uh, killing. So maybe you treat it that way. It's like a negligent, a negligent maiming. I don't know. There's, there could be some charge, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. Negligent pit bullying. We'll just make it a new, (laughs) I like the verb it, uh, the making that a verb. That's hilarious. Um, let's circle back. Okay. We will come back to your chats at uh the bottom or actually at the end of the show because we're already to the last segment of calls thank you guys um i'll have to just circle back with you putin's faulty nukes you're up oh you almost you almost hot mic'd me we were having a conversation over there (laughs) well the mic doesn't get any hotter than it already has been tonight so oh man as long as you weren't talking Um, about private things i'm sure you'll be fine no we were talking about uh rooftops and and uh no rooftops and uh homosexuals uh, throwing homosexuals off a rooftop yes but also you would i would rather throw myself off the roof than be forced into transitioning because uh the people over in certain parts of the world are backwards and uh, like men i hear you uh no that was the conversation that we were having i'd rather die um but uh <laughs> i have uh two topics uh one is matt walsh and his uh yes. brazen okay uh, wait what's the other one i've got to hear is it okay to be white oh i'll take either of these Gag. <laughs> I, I i can answer the second one yeah it's it's fine but i assume you had more <laughs> details on that but yeah. i i do think the matt walsh thing is pretty interesting so if you guys want to talk about that yeah have at it okay so recently he was in uh i i saw it was a clip it wasn't like i sat and watched the whole thing and i should have uh but he basically was going toe-to-toe with some democrat in what is it tennessee uh oh yeah they passed that new law or or they're working on it i forget but i think they're working on it child gender transitions yeah yeah he's uh the guy was basically like so you've uh you've only got a high school degree uh what makes you uh what did he say specifically what makes you qualified yeah um because i'm a human being and i don't want to see children mutilated and have their junk cut off he didn't say that but he's a little more well-spoken than i am uh (laughs) but he's just incredibly blunt with everything that he says yeah what is and the same thing with his response to dylan Moltrani. yeah whatever his name is uh he's very very blunt and some people are saying, "Oh, that's rude." What's your opinion? Well, I don't I don't really give a shit if it's rude. I think in this day and age, it's a virtue to be offensive, to to like personally offend people. Um people like Dylan Mulvaney shouldn't be walking around like what they're doing is normal. They should be operating with a certain level of shame. Uh, they shouldn't be, you know, I they, they shouldn't lived, be invited to the White House. Yeah, it, it, not just that, but like in in a multitude of other countries, he would be getting murdered. Like he shouldn't just be walking around like what I'm doing is fine. It's like no, I mean, in a functional society, you probably would should be afraid for your life, right? 
Um, and then people are like, oh, no, Matt Welch is so mean. He's such a mean guy. It's like everybody should look around and be like, well, we're not killing this guy. So I think we're a pretty good, you know, nice look, society. Look right? how courteous we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a courtesy to not kill him. For sure. Well, and here's a here's another distinction that I'll draw, because, of course, I do want to live in a generally respectful society. That is important. I, I don't want a society where we're all just a bunch of jackasses to each other all the time. And I'm not saying that Matt is being one. As I said earlier, I, I if I have to choose between politeness and the truth, I'm going to take the truth every, every single time. time. So I'm not going to criticize him in that regard. But on the topic of the degree of respect that we owe to each other, I will draw a distinction between being harsh with your criticism of a public figure by voluntary choice and just being a dick to someone at the grocery store for example right. if you see dylan mulvaney who's a non-celebrity at the grocery store and you say you know uh hey hey tranny go move to syria and see how it works or whatever but that would be so awesome <laughs> I mean, you can do that I, i'm saying i would like to live in a society where we're more respectful to each other in Wait, our daily you'd rather interaction live in a society where where somebody's not telling Dylan Mulvaney to move to Syria. What so I'm saying is, I, do, I, I don't want a society where we're hostile to each other all the time. When we're we're when not we're, being hostile to each other, we're being we're hostile living, to weirdos. Well, I I have to acknowledge that there's that we need some shame for weirdos. We've gone too far in the not just no shame for weirdos, but I suppose the promotion of weirdness. So what I'm trying to say here is that there's a when we're talking about meanness, I think there's a distinction between being mean to just a guy living his life in a private context versus someone who has advertised their lifestyle as openly as Dylan Mulvaney has. Dylan Mulvaney, by the choice to be a public figure, has has uh, subjected himself to the same sort of criticism that we get on this show. Like, if you want to go in the chat and tell me I suck or you want to say whatever and, and criticize me as harshly as you want to, Really, that's that's at the highest level of fine because I've decided to put something out there in the public for public consumption. No. Will you do that? Did I what reject no. libertarianism? No, no, I, I understand what you're saying, <laughs> but we need to be ostracizing people that are living their their normal lives as as well, trannies. It, it, I think uh, what you're trying to say they is aren't just the going about window. their business. They're trying to normalize this in society, and that's the problem. Like, I really hate him because he's a public figure. But like yeah. if I see a tranny in my in my day to day business, I'm always like, like you got to be fucking kidding me! Like, but at the same, well, but the, these you, Buffalo Bill types used to cross dress in front of the mirror or whatever. Yeah, they would yeah. have drag night and yeah. go out with all their faggy friends or whatever. These people are are living this way. It's permeating society on a more basic level, no, I, and there has to be a, there has to be a certain amount of shame. I agree that 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 we have gone. F- far we've gone too far in a direction of accepting this as some sort of normal or some sort of truthful thing when i don't think that it is but i'll counter and say i bet even you don't just confront people who for just walking around and and say something like i fuck you for doing that and and there's i I openly (laughs) i openly i dead name them or misgender them uh, in your public discussion you might yeah but i'm saying there's something there's got i bet you have some inhibition of just approaching a stranger who's not really doing anything to you and saying fuck you i hate you no Uh, i'm I'm more clever than that but I, if I'm interacting with a person that's trans and then they're like male to female, I'll make it a point to call him he. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> but that, but that, like, <laughs> is that being a dick or is that biological truth? No, I don't know. I, I get. No, I want them to know that like I know what's going on and I'm not yeah. putting up with this bullshit. I'm not yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, I hope shift. you die. 
yeah. I think the whole normalizing thing, yeah. it's 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 called shifting the Overton window. And it's been yeah. shifted one way too far. And the only way to bring it back is to do things at the edge or beyond what the no, what the Overton window allows so that it can come back. Because when you show people that stuff that is unthinkable, like being mean to a tranny, like to a to a tranny mm -hmm. is just like something that is completely unthinkable and then you do it and nothing happens. Yeah. It shifts the Overton window. And that's we true. That's true. That more. And I think that the average leftist, this is how this became such an insidious force amongst normies. The average person just wants to be courteous. And so they, they're like, well, I'm just going to do whatever makes this person comfortable because I'm a courteous person. But that's how this shit happened, which is why well, it's important. To, to do what you're saying, to, to be on the edge of what is acceptable speech, which is why Gypsy Crusader is so important. And that's exactly what the Overton window de like describes and defines as people exactly. generally don't want to be an asshole and what yeah. defines who's being an asshole. All right. Yeah. So this follows a lot of the themes that we talk about of, of fighting fire with fire and recognizing that fire has been deployed against us to normalize a lot of this stuff. And maybe some fire is due to course correct. So as yes. long as um, as long as we do it only until trannydom is rightfully <laughs> viewed with rightful <laughs> suspicion again, and then we stop being dicks to each other at that point. Uh, I just no. don't want permanent dickishness. Well, you have to continue There's always going to be yeah. a certain subset of people that are outside that people outside yeah. of the bounds that people think are uh unreasonable and that's where yeah. you need like that's where you need to be you need to have those people that are dicks and it's not a it ain't against the law to be an asshole <laughs> not yet and i hope it doesn't <laughs> i hope it doesn't get that way but to your point it's 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 sort of uh it's kind of a weird paradox that if you don't exercise that right to be a dick you might lose it i could envision a scenario in the future and i mean tech technically if you are belligerent in your public harassment of another person you can face legal consequences for that but if it's just like a passing if it's a passing fuck you you're not really going to get in trouble for that yet but that's that's the point you're kind of making that if you surrender that right of yours it, it will eventually expire that that itself will be taken away made illegal well, there's no way that we can live in a society where people aren't always doing this, though, because as soon as you, you have people that that aren't being dicks, they aren't um, they aren't uh, forcing people to conform with gender norms and things like that. Then we just go back to, to where we were before. Hmm. We need these these gatekeepers. These, we need people to be assholes we at need, all times. Yes, we need virtuous dicks. It's we like need, uh... virtuous. <laughs> it's like yeah. when. When you have government, if everybody agreed left and right and and center and and whatever other ways you have, uh, basically right now it's just left and right. But if you had them agreeing on anything, it would it would spell doom for the civilian, for the people that don't care. Because once once the people in power are working together, they start enacting things. They yeah. start hmm. pushing their own power, and as long as they're fighting. It's good. Now we need to fight more until it balances out to something that makes sense to us. Then they can keep fighting and it'll be fine again. You're here. All right. Well, thank you for um, the call. Any, uh, any final thought before we let you go? Uh, yeah. Remember <laughs> that, uh, that Viper that we talked about the snake. I think it, it's that Texan Viper, the uh, Garboon Viper. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
Was this the yeah. thing we thought was a racial slur or something? I was just going to yeah. say that does sound like a racial slur. Yeah, my uh, I, I you asked uh, where he learned it, and uh, he learned it in the mer- when he was in the Marines, and it did come from a bunch of uh, Southerners. Uh, he was deployed with a bunch of Southerners. That's so. right. So it was Gaboon Viper is the snake. The slur that you were referencing was Garboon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that that's where he learned it. All right. Well, uh, we've already had the hard R drop tonight. So Garboon is not going to uh, <laughs> not going to get us in trouble. Appreciate it. All right, you guys. The N word. You know yeah. what the N word is? Thanks, man. All right. Uh, let's get to Gilgamesh next. Gilgamesh, are you there? Hi. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Okay. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I had to turn down my TV. I had it up a bit. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I was talking to. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you read my question yet. I put through. I put it through earlier. It was about your interview style. I, I did. Wanna, yeah. And it, it's the reason that when I brought up what happened, the sex abuse, it's because you have an easy way of people being able to talk to you. That's why oh. you're so great. Because with Razor Fist, you guys, I watched the video. I forgot that was even there. Because <laughs> you guys were going at back and forth. And then suddenly I realized when Matt said something, I said, oh, shit, he's been here the whole time. I had about <laughs> watched it again and realized, oh, he's sitting in the background the whole time. And I was like, oh, that was there. And I didn't realize it. I know my place. I, I, I respect, I respect, you know, that the environment that isn't mine. And so the last thing I wanted to do was clomp on, um, their conversation. And no, I was, I was still happy to have you there though, because I was, I was quite nervous for that interview. Oh no, you did a great job. You and Ray. Thank you. Definitely. It's like with everybody you interview, like gypsy crusader, it was so good. He felt so relaxed talking to you that it made it easy for the interview to go. There's, it's oh, like thank Christine, you. That's such a huge yeah. compliment. I really appreciate that. Oh, I know. That. It's like with Christy Mayer, when she talks to people like the lady who worked on the diet suddenly, um, it's like fascinating. Christy Mayer is so easy going that people are easy. It's so you're relaxed while you're talking to her. Yeah, I think it has something to do with like, formerly being a degenerate because I can just <laughs> get on anybody's level. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you were in jail? Well, I used to also be a huge degenerate. So was, I, I don't know. I just, um, I feel at um, ease talking to people of, of yeah. all sorts. Oh, there's, you know, and it's like, you know, the thing's going to come on board. People are going to contact you and say, please talk to like Colin or they're going to say, oh, can you talk to, you know, uh, uh, Garland Nixon who put out a tweet saying that, that what the U S is going to do Taiwan, Taiwan is what they're doing to Ukraine and that it freaked the people of Taiwan out. They freaked out over this. Yeah. yeah. He exposed it and they were like, Oh God, no. So yeah, yeah. I, I would love to, I didn't want to turn into like an interview show, but I just enjoy doing it so much. And selfishly, I get to have um, conversations with all of these incredibly mm-hmm. interesting and smart people. And I'm just learning so much. I'm just having a blast doing this yeah, and I just don't want to stop. So I'm just going to keep well, it. It's, it's, yeah. Cause I mean, Matt, I watched that when you, with Allison Moore that you did. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And she, you know, she has a YouTube channel, right? Allison, Allison Mora. Yeah. She yeah. Does. I've, I've, she I've, uh, to, yeah, I've been on her, uh, her channel. Yeah. yeah. She talked to, I, uh, what was her name? She worked at Fox news and then she told him that she was going to project Veritas 
Um, and she talked about one time that she was supposed to go to Turning Point, uh-huh. and then suddenly she was told not to show up, and that when she tried to talk to James, he fl- she still supports him, but she said in this interview that um, he flipped out on her because it turned out it was Fox News that was behind her being canceled from Turning Point. And she wanted to ask, and people wanted her to mention why she couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, but yeah, it was, and then he flipped. But she still supports him. She even said this. Yeah, and the stress of being a boss can actually cause people to, and I had a boss. Everybody's had a boss that fr- flipped out once in a while. You know, we've all dealt with that. It's, you know, part of, you know, being in control. You sometimes get upset. But, um, oh, Blonde, you're not, you know, I know people say, oh, Blonde's a racist. No, she's not. No, no, no. I'm more of a racist. No, no, no. No, I'm more of a racist than you. Because I actually do, when I talk about, like, Biden and stuff, I use the (laughs) I'm not joking. I don't disagree with that. On my Rumble channel, Panzer Dragon, you'll hear me call Joe Biden a pedophile. I call, I got age. Well, that's not racist. No, he probably is Oh, no, no, I call him the N-word. I do. And but I that's just work- being ironic. They were Mexican. Okay. I was being ironic. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. To I, be fair, before we before we let you go, yeah. I I actually do not view myself as racist because no. I look at other countries and I appreciate things about other cultures and I want those cultures to be preserved in their own form. Mm-hmm. I don't want a bunch of white people moving to India and breeding no. out Indians either. Oh God, no, 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 no. Um, so, you know, I, uh, yeah. the irony of all oh. of this is that my way of thinking preserves uh, multiculturalism. Here's one more person you might want to talk to is David Sheen. He covers Israel and what's currently going on there with that extremist right government. You might want to look at his YouTube channel and try to get a hold of him. He's He knows more about what's going on there with... The, you know, what the government's trying to do with Palestinians. I'm going to have to take a beat before I do any controversy. Yeah, go look into him. <laughs> no, go look in, look at his videos. He talks about the people that are now in the U- Israel government. It's, it's not good. Okay. He's on Twitter and everything. So I would look at his channel and look at his videos. Thanks for calling Gilgamesh. Yeah. Nice oh, yeah. You have a good night. You too. And good night to you too, Matt. Thanks. Uh-huh. No problem. Okay, Egrin is up next, and we have one more caller after that, so... Negrin? No. <laughs> you said you don't say that. <laughs> I didn't. Egrin, I, are I, you there? I can't hear him, can you? I can. Uh, oh, there we go. Now I had at the website for the DEA. Uh, according to the CUC of 2022... 170, uh, 107,000 people, 375, uh, died from drug overdose of fentanyl. This is what jurisdiction or, or the entire U.S.? Uh, this is the entire U.S. Okay. Uh, uh, the fun fact, apparently the C- CDC is considering, uh, Montana does not meet, uh, inclusion criteria, which I don't even know what that even means. Maybe insufficient data, I, I assume, or maybe they they maybe they collect the data through the states, and maybe our state doesn't collect it the same way, something like that. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, the CDC and the DEA websites are a little bit wonky in how they measure it because uh, when I go over California uh, in 2020, there's been 4,000 deaths between 
2019 to 2020. But uh, their death rate is a 10.1. Is that 10.1 per million or what kind of measurement is? Our- it's yeah, usually you- per 100,000. Yeah. Per 100,000? Okay. That's not uh, negligible, though. Well, the, it, it is if they if you don't show exactly how you're measuring it. Uh, mm. That's what uh, I would say is frustrating with some of these government websites. Uh, Sometimes they might just bury. Usually they'll they'll tell you it might be buried in a footnote, like if there's some kind of asterisk or something. No, no, I'm saying 10 per 100,000 is non negligible. Yeah, that's um 10 per 100,000 would be. Uh, a significant murder rate in a lot of places, if I'm yeah. not uh, mistaken. Well, uh, okay. Well, here's the thing. I think they measure it per million because uh, 4,000 deaths per 2020, and it's a, a rate of 10.8. That's probably uh, less than uh, 100,000 because it would show like more than uh, 10%. Or uh, do you have do you have the website handy? I could take a look at it if you if it's yeah, easy yeah, yeah. to find. Do, uh, do you mind if I just DM you that? Um, or uh, yeah, I don't know if that'll work. It might work. I don't know. I don't ever use Discord for that purpose, but we could try it anyway. Yeah. But let's uh, just let's for the sake of the discussion, let's just accept your premise as is, and and you just want to talk about fentanyl deaths in general, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it as far as I'm concerned, it. It's getting worse. I wouldn't say it's an epidemic. I would say the proper wording for it is people are not coping with life in yeah. general. Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely uh, true. Well, I, I think I people say- are getting addicted to heroin and then they're getting they're getting dosed with fentanyl. I bet the fentanyl uh, addiction rate is is not as high as 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 it's being reported. Well, yeah, a lot of people are not accidental. That they're, yeah. Well, uh, not only that, no one, uh, no one really knows how to cut it properly. Yeah. Like That's cocaine. the thing, yeah. And, that, and when uh, I heroin cocaine, addicts, what... contrary to popular belief, are actually really good at not overdosing because they're able to, um, you know, figure out what dose, the maximum dose they can take without overdosing. You can't do that with fentanyl, and people get uh, people OD transdermally from fentanyl. Yeah, people with cocaine uh, did better than uh, than people with fentanyl. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> When uh, I, which is when I say a hundred times stronger than morphine. And when I say accidental too, I want to clarify, cause obviously uh, a, a non-accidental overdose, we call a suicide. Uh, I don't mean that people are trying to OD or not. What I mean is that you have a lot of the lacing. So they, they think they're consuming one product when in fact they have. Right. Right. And it's also dose. being packed into pills. And so like kids yeah. are thinking they're taking one Xanax. Yeah. But they're taking, yeah. they're taking fentanyl. And then like the first time you do drugs, you OD and you die. Yeah. Well, I what's concerning, I I would say is, uh, whoever these dealer dealers are, they're not dealing like to have a repeat customer. These these dealers are apparently like don't know what they're doing, and frankly, they're just uh really killing a lot of people. Honestly, well, like, I don't think I don't... I don't think that the low level dealers are cutting the drugs with fentanyl. I think they're getting cut, um, like at the beginning. At the beginning stage of processing with with other opiates, I well, I think that it's worse at that point. Yeah. Uh, 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 from its origins, they are uh, at that point killing us. I mean, if you were a, if you were a drug dealer, why on earth would you be spiking 
um, your drugs with fentanyl. It's expensive. Like I understand why you would put baby powder or a laxative or whatever else to bulk up your drugs because it saves you money and then you still have repeat customers, but you have no incentive as like a street level drug dealer to buy an, an incredibly potent opiate and then to kill your clientele. It makes no sense. Yeah, something is, I would say, is very strange as it is, given the fact you have 107,000 people right there. That's like two times uh, a 9-11 happening every year. Yeah, and that. then the other thing, that the um, the most recent shipment of fentanyl, I believe it came from China, is Narcan resistant. It came from and, China. Yes, uh, we so talked Dr. about Fauci previously, did it. Uh, called the Great that Death. Bastard. Yeah, that's um, terrible. And I, I would say, Blondie, you're looking like more of a blonde E than a blonde A, because Mel Gibson wants blonde A's, uh, <laughs> and uh, Matt Come is on, usually man. with a blonde B, you know, maybe a blonde D, but you're definitely a blonde E. I don't know what any of this means. I, I think I follow. I don't know. It's blonde. Are we doing letter grades or am I just confused? Yes, we're doing letter grades. Oh, oh. my word. Oh, okay. well, I'm just. I'm, <laughs> Are you trying Where'd to Where'd the E come from? Then? Yeah, I'm so, I never got an a... E on a paper. Actually, I never got an F either. I was a good kid. Uh, neither <laughs> did I. Neither did I. All right. Well, I, I get what you're saying. All right. Well, thank you for the call, man. And stay away from yeah. the fentanyl. Yeah, really. Take care. Bye. See. He's like, okay, well, I wasn't planning on doing We have, uh, <laughs> well, that's the thing. You never, you think you're just taking some, know. uh, you know, some multivitamin, like your men's one a day. And all of a sudden you OD'd on fentanyl. <laughs> that's where we're headed. Uh, okay. We got one more caller. I know we have to get to email questions. So Richard Parker, uh, I, I, I hate to ask you to be a, a little shorter potentially cause we're up against the clock and I know you have interesting <laughs> things to talk about, but do you think, Good uh, evening. you think you can fit what you have in a minute or two? A minute or two? No, not a minute. Okay. Or two. Well, how about three? Uh, <laughs> how about three? Well, um, I, I wanted to kind of um, redirect my call last night. I don't think I did a very good job of attacking the notions of individual autonomy. And I wanted to talk about that. And I've been thinking about it, and I draw two examples one from my own life. I grew up. In the 80s, I was born in the mid-70s, and to this day, um, I have a fondness for G1 Transformers. And as I'm looking at you now, I have a collection of uh, masterpiece uh, Decepticons and Autobots that uh, harken back to my child. Um, they're nice figures. They're sort of reimagined what I knew from uh, from my childhood, mm -hmm. and I'm very fond of them. And I guess I make the choice of liking them, but as somebody who was born in the mid seventies um, and, you know, grew up in the eighties and all my friends, uh, you know, all my friends like transformers, it was really something that I was born into. So, I mean, to the extent that I do have a choice on the matter, it's a very limited choice. Um, the other thing I was thinking about is uh, I like post-punk indie music when I was in seventh grade. I uh, bought The Cure's Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. And I've liked uh, indie post-punk goth music since then. And in some senses, I made that choice. But in reality, that choice was made to me by the recording industry. You could buy The Cure albums at Tower Records or Cellophane Square or someplace else, and you can see just like Kevin and MTV. And so in this way, these two things that are very intimate about my own 
history and my own person are things that are essentially predetermined by the time and place that I was born into. Mm-hmm. You juxtapose that with uh, adolescent girls and rap music. There's a documentary called The Lost Children of Rockdale County that recounts an outbreak of syphilis among teens and preteens as young as 14, 13, 12 years old. And in addition to hyperpromiscuity among their white peers, there was also a black fetishism about it. About contracting contracting syphilis? Yes. And they deconstructed this by interviewing the girls. And towards the end of this documentary, it's called The Lost Children of Rockdale County. These little 13 and 14-year-old girls recount the lyrics of this rap song where this blackie talks about, you know, seven bitches getting fucked in a row and how he gets his dick sucked all day long. And Have I you think ever it is rap obs- music. That's that's a great lyric. Uh, <laughs> I disagree. It's the song is called Love in Your Mouth. I think it's something from Atlanta. Yeah, but yeah. The idea that these girls have individual autonomy as adolescents when all of their peers like this shit music and the element of peer pressure and the element of a billion-dollar recording industry well, that is peddling this stuff well, wait, more wait, as a product hold, than an idea. On, the idea on. that these girls choose to like rap music is absurd. But now, it's wait, something wait, wait, hold, they're born into in their on. cultural milieu. But now we've taken the idea of individual responsibility and applied it to minors. And and I don't think there's any context in which we would say that that applies. We'd say that the parents uh, are, are to exercise responsibility for those kids. Well, we we should we should always be operating under the idea that minors and women do not actually have autonomy. There's the compromise position. That's not a compromise. I am 100 percent serious. Well, even even if we take that point, we would still say that as the head of household, there's a man in that situation. There's an individual responsibility on that man to lead For his sure. family yeah. to virtuous yeah, yeah. behavior. And I, yeah. I, I don't just, dis- I don't discount the point that there are bad influences out there and that we ought to cultivate a society where there mm-hmm. are fewer of those. So you're, you're, but, you're pitting a household against Sumner Redstone MTV in a billion dollar recording industry. Yeah. It's no fight at all. It you, is a fight you, there, because no, the nuclear no family has more influence on a child in society. If the yeah. parents okay. are doing things well, properly. If you take a sample size of 100 million distant white families and they do everything they can to stop their kids from doing this stuff, stop them from liking rap music and indulging what – again, the documentary is called The Lost Children of Rockdale County. It was on PBS Frontline in 1999. It was over 20 years ago. It shows that the marketplace of ideas is not working because if the best ideas triumphed over the bad ones – Adolescent girls would not like rap music. Rap music would not predominate our cultural milieu. There's no such thing as erasing bad ideas, though. This is my problem with that that argument that you can point to a bad idea and say the marketplace of ideas didn't work. There's no such thing as erasing bad ideas. No, but you you can curate the culture. And I think the naivety of the American tradition and John Stuart Mill, for one. this is where this comes from. Is John Stuart Mill liberty? Is, Is the head of household doing the curation or is there some great curator? Well, this goes back to what we talked to. I disclaim fully, I denounce democracy. I think more people opposed to the left need to see themselves as an enemy of democracy because, uh, I mean, for one thing, both sides just hate each other and we don't even agree (laughs) on the basics. But beyond that, we need to rethink John Stuart Mill was a Victorian aristocrat talking about these guys just in a British parlor 
considering these lofty ideals, he had no conception of 13 and 14-year-old girls listening to disgusting, vulgar rap music. I, I, I or, can't or, agree or, that, that there's some broad social curation that is more responsible for that than the father. There's nothing better to insulate those children from any number of bad influences, whether it's criminals on the street or people making bad bad music or anything else well, than the family unit then the father you're, that's you're the both right about this this children need to be and women need to be doubly protected by having a healthy culture and by having a functional nuclear family well i i want to say in conclusion i want to see three points one we need to rethink our ideals of individual autonomy because the things that people like the things that form who they are in their formative years when they're adolescents the taste you like in music the things about you are formed in childhood and adolescence by the culture that you're that you're immersed in. The second thing is is that Devin Stack has talked about this as well. American conservatism has held a outright contempt and disdain for culture. They talk about tax cuts and have these dorky guys carrying around paid to lose shills. They don't care about culture. The Nazis, you can say what they want, but they had performances of Beethoven and Wagner and Goethe's Faust and even Shakespeare's Hamlet. They That's cared true. about culture. Yeah. American conservatism doesn't. And they've let the left march for 80 years completely unopposed. The third thing is, in relation to mm. rethinking our ideas about individual autonomy, is if we can ever get the power to do so, as I said in my last call, we need to develop the will to act on our moral convictions. And even though I probably won't ever have the political power to do so, if I had the power these people who peddled that poisonous rap music would get the Captain Hadley treatment from Shawshank Redemption, goons and stormtroopers. I would smite that stuff from the face of the earth, just like the lefties would smite us from the face of the earth. And you know it. You saw in that video in that town in Montana you were in, that guy, Matt, wanted to kill you. He hated your guts. If he had uh, the maybe. power, he's, he would... he's, he's welcome to try it, but that's the point. If Who? he tries bad things, they're going to have it. The, the, the eat shit and die guy. This guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and so I, I think that's why conservatives lose is because they don't have that moral conviction. And they also don't well, understand I, or realize I, that this is a power okay. struggle. All right. The other We're side to, realizes We, we got to wind this down. We got to wind this down. So I, I, I think you're, thank you, thank I think you for you're the right. Call. And, uh, yeah. Well, have no, a good evening. And I hope I can call it. again to talk about the limits of individual time. <laughs> okay. Of course. Um, well, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, no, I, I disagree with fundamentally every premise. Um, Seriously? Oh yeah. There was, uh, other than then we should make attempts to guide our culture in a more virtuous moral direction. But the idea But I that, think he's right that conservatives don't really give a shit about culture in a meaningful uh, I, way. I, I could yeah, I can entertain that point. I guess when I when I say that the, the points I reject are that you have a predetermined destiny set by society and you are not primarily responsible for your own activity, your own fate, your own achievements. All of that is a pathway to a lot of disappointment and a, and a and a lifestyle that points fingers at everybody else, minimizing your own ability to change your own life if you want to. I have to disagree strongly with all of those premises, and I have to disagree but that cultural if influences matter. They do matter, but you you are fully allowed to use the agent, use the abilities that you have, use the use the responsibility that we seem to be rejecting. To build that better culture, to build something better than what you see out there, rather than trying to destroy everything. Th this destructive mm -hmm. attitude, I think that that is a reflection of a lot of leftist tendencies. I don't like what's out there, so I have to go smash everybody else's thing. No, build something better yourself. 
I also have to reject the premise that the proper method of curation or, or filtering the good things from the bad things is some central authority to decide all of this. The, the family will curate. If you, if you're worried about influences on your kid, I also have to dispute the point that because we say that teenage girls don't have the ability to resist this material somehow that that implicates the individual autonomy of the adults. And there's a reason that we treat children differently. And that's because they don't have that same responsibility, that same agency. But we have major cultural influences that are clearly destroying men's ability to protect their wife and children. That's a problem. Yeah. But what, but how do we do that? I don't think that, uh, that the solution to that is to, I think that what he was talking about, like, music influence and thing like that. I think that that's kind of minutia in the grand scheme of things. I think the real problem that we have is that women are sluts and men are pussies. <laughs> yeah. How do we fix that? Yeah. Right? I, I, yeah. And, and again, I would point to uh, properly constructed families, keeping that, to, you know, you get, you worry about improper influences getting to your daughters in any number of ways. It's any number of ways. It's strong men keeping their families together. We've really lost that. But the first step of being able to do that is to recognize that women cannot make these decisions for themselves. As soon as you give a woman that autonomy, as soon as you project that autonomy upon her. Yeah, that, this then, is this is why I said the compromise position. I know you're kind of joking about that, but there's... What? Me? No. Huh. Well, we, we mentioned that earlier and you said, no, no, I'm serious. I get that you're serious. And I'm... Oh, right. What, what I'm saying is maybe there is some truth to the fact, some truth to the idea that the nature of autonomy is different between men and women that there's you don't apply yes. the exact yeah, same yeah. concepts or principles to, to men and women in this way. And we that, talked about what my brother said, right. That was so interesting and true how women um, they they, they achieve freedom through subservience in, in the household and men achieve freedom um, through uh, you know, like, like actual endeavors of freedom, like yeah. uh, intellectual freedom and, freedom in I mean, the workplace in the workplace and everything yeah, like that. Of course, and I like, thought that was so interesting. It's like women really do achieve their their greatest position, their their greatest power, their greatest satisfaction through having a a place and like defined roles within that. And house. it's mutual and when those things are achieved, social influence of course social influences matter. I don't want to I don't want to diminish his points entirely and say, well that does that's completely irrelevant. Yeah, we we got to we have a lot of things to clean up. Um, yeah. The point I will make is that when men and women are in their proper roles with each other, building family in that way, a lot of the noise outside is minimized. It's not that it can't ever break that <laughs> bond, but I'll tell you right now, I if if God willing, I have a daughter, um, I'm going to shield her from that sort of thing. And she's not going well, that's, to. That's how it works. And like you can't act like parents have no influence over it. You know, the Pettibones, they have eight kids. All eight of those kids turned out great. Yeah. eight kids and like not one amongst them is like a, is a and, and even to the extent that there's a lot of degeneracy out there in the culture if my if my daughter becomes a degenerate i will not point my finger at, at society hollywood yeah. for example even though i think they're doing a bad job i'm gonna say i probably did a bad job as a dad and i'm gonna clean this up i suppose to give as much credit to to richard as i can they're not necessarily mutually exclusive i mean for uh, so i don't want to say that it's impossible that the things he's worried about have influence. I just think that the the finger of responsibility is being improperly pointed, at least the primary responsibility. 
All right. We got to hustle through these questions. I got to be done by yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Richard, this, <laughs> this is why when I saw Richard and Richard, thank you for, you know, being good spirited. Can you about be done in two minutes? He's this, like, no. this, <laughs> this is why I like hearing from Richard, too, because even though I disagree mostly with the things that he's saying, um, he keeps you on your toes. And that's there's a lot of value in that. Richard's going to force you to think about the position that you hold and and if it's uh, the correct one. And, and I will always appreciate that. So thank you for. Uh, your conviction and your enthusiasm, Richard. I appreciate it. Let's see. Uh, oh, quick reminder. If you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live or you, uh, you're having trouble getting in live, send us an email question. The way to do that is through uh, the call-in show question form that's on the uh, contact page of the website, mattchristiansandmedia.com slash contact. And we will get to those at the end of the stream each week as we will right now. Uh, Cam says... When I was 18, I found out my father had been living a double life, cheated on my mom for their entire 25-year marriage, addicted to porn, siphoned more than $100,000 from joint accounts, and was arrested multiple times. It was tough, but I did forgive him and love him as a human being. I'm now married with three young kids. Am I wrong for cutting him out of my life because I don't agree with his lifestyle, morals, or values? I have strong opinions about this, but uh, I'll allow you to go first if you... Um no i mean uh you're you're not wrong it's it's your decision like we were talking about earlier it's your decision as the leader of the household what kind of influence you all you will allow um into your family and i think that like i have a strong bond with people in my family but but there are limits to your relationships and especially to the people that influence um influence your children so are you wrong uh no you're not under obligation to have a personal relationship and to accept people into your home under any circumstances because they're related to you. If they're pieces of shit. I we're on the same page here. And I say this as someone who consistently says and believes that family integrity is very important to maintain. Right. It's not absolute though. There are things that your family can do that compromise that relationship. There are all sorts of criminal things that maybe are involved in this case or, or otherwise. But the point that I'm making here is based on this description. I think that it was your 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 dad who betrayed that family. And who integrity. made those decisions exactly? And yeah, you'll yeah. you'll have to evaluate as your own head of household now to what extent you trust him not to do that to the new family that you've created. But fundamentally, your job, as we've just been discuss- discussing, as a father, I mean, you you have a you have a loyalty to to your dad, and you have a tie to him, and all of that. But your job, primarily now, is to your wife and children. You must protect them from anything that that threatens the integrity of that household. And to the extent that your dad has already demonstrated a threat to his own, there's no way that I yeah, can right. t- trust that entirely. Why would he have any more obligation, like moral obligation to his grandchildren than he would to his own son? Mm-hmm. Like he's already fucked it up. So yeah. like if I was in this situation, it sounds like you and your dad have maintained some relationship well, you said cutting him out of your life, but you also said love him as a human being. So, well, he forgave him and he loves him. And then he's like, you can't be a part of my life anymore. There's certainly that. a, there, there is, there's, there's a difference too. I, there are people I certainly, um, trust to enjoy company with, you know what I mean? Uh, that I wouldn't necessarily trust to, I wouldn't trust with the most important things, but it, they're fine to meet with. They're fine to talk to at the barbecue. They're not fine yeah. to handle the most important tasks of life for my family. Uh, maybe that, maybe it's that, you know, I, I, you know, that situation. So you'll have to decide what the appropriate level of distance is, but I don't think that you're wrong at all for viewing 
the career of betrayal that your dad displayed and thinking, I don't want that betrayal to sting my kids in the same way that it stung me. Godspeed, man. That sucks, but I hope the best for your family. Um, thank you, Scott Adams, super fan. Today, Mr. Adams reported, this must have been from a week ago, that a recent poll found that over 25% of blacks do not think it's okay to be white and another 25% aren't sure. <laughs> then he asserted that blacks are a racist hate group and whites should stay away from them. He also bemoaned the daily videos of blacks assaulting whites that one sees on social media. He made these comments on YouTube, mind you. Any response to this, agree or disagree with his analysis? Um, well, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for what, six years? Uh, I think that, I like Scott Adams, but he's just so late to the game on this one. Like, I, I kind of can't believe he's getting canceled over this. I'm like, it's 2023 and we're talking about like black on white crime and people are still like, oh, well, I never. It's like, okay, like, what about in 2016 when, when this needed to be talked about? Um, I think that the most important thing, though, is that people be, should be able to freely associate with whom they see fit. And if that falls upon racial live lines, I don't give a fuck. I don't care if people want to self-segregate along racial lines. Well, they should the, be allowed to do that. The truth of that, too, is is almost undeniable that it happens somewhat naturally. This is not I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying that you can observe that neighborhoods self-segregate somewhat naturally. Yeah, I, I'm not. Again, it's not me saying you should do that. You shouldn't do that. It's none of that. It's just for people who act like it is morally unacceptable to make your own associations in that way and then also move to like a predominantly white neighborhood, for example. Why did you do that? Maybe you didn't even think about why you did that, but you did. Was that a moral failure when you did that? Or are you perfectly entitled to your own free decision making about where you choose to live, how you choose to live? with whom you choose to associate all of those things. So yeah, I think that, um, well, we've, we've, we've lost a lot of that, that principle, that association principle culturally. We've now, it's the idea that, that, you know, you're entitled, someone's entitled to your labor or something like that. Someone's entitled to your association that if you discriminate in any way about people you're willing to work with or, or people you're willing to associate with regard, maybe you just think they're a dick for whatever reason you, Nobody else owns your labor or your presence. You're entitled to provide it or withhold it for whatever reasons you like. The um, on the Scott Adams poll, I, uh, I I don't know what to make of the poll itself, and I think this is this is actually where the the meat of the conversation is. It's in the poll because if you think mm-hmm. Scott Adams is an unacceptable racist that he made overbroad racist statements, you can make that argument. Uh, by that logic, we must look at the poll because we have a huge chunk of American society saying, not only will I not associate with people of this race, it's not okay for them to exist is really the phrasing. My only question about that, though, is how are people interpreting it? As we discussed, yeah. is, is the, has it been redefined as some white supremacist code phrase such that they think it's a racist thing and they're not taking it on its face? Is that I guess to simplify the question I'm asking, how accurate is that poll's finding? Is it actually a quarter to half of black people who don't think it's okay to be white, period? Is that correct? Or has it been misunderstood? Phrasing, I think the connotation of the phrasing. Yeah. Because if that's correct, if that's correct, that there's a giant group of people that don't think you should exist, it it would be wise just to steer clear. I mean, that's not even, that's not saying go fight them. That's not saying go it's it's just saying 
well, if they don't think I should exist, I'm going to avoid uh, if the poll is correct. That's the qualifier I'm adding to this. And I'm not mm-hmm. I have no delusions about race relations being excellent right now or something like that. I'm also skeptical that that poll is completely accurate. legitimate. That seems inflated to me, yeah. but at least in the true intent, like the 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 face value intents of the words, those people shouldn't exist. I think that's high, but maybe we'll find out the hard way. Uh, I I hope not. Anyway, uh, I wish you had more time. Time as in the spice. Is that considered a spice or whatever? Uh, Moving to a state that has desirable, uh, the desirable amount of communists, zero seems ideal, but as two uh, immigrants from commie hellholes yourselves, are either of you worried about centralizing conservatives under a smaller number of governments, thereby decreasing the surface area leftists need to target? For example, South Dakota is a GOP stronghold, but its legislature and governor are effectively owned by just one leftist company, Sanford, where even California had a Republican governor for eight of the last 20 years. Well, that's if you count Schwartz, yeah. Schwartz a jogger. And does he really count? Maybe he counted then. I don't know a lot about his career as California governor, so maybe I'm not crediting enough. But what if he, uh, but the stuff he posts on Twitter these days is the same leftist nonsense that you see from anybody else. Um, uh, yeah, I worry about this all the time. Um, so like, just from a YouTuber perspective, if the feds come into North Idaho, they're going to get the petty bones, James also, uh, uh, red elephants guy, red ice. Who else is up here? Dave Riley. Like they're going to, they're going to kill half the dissident, right? If they just decide to like blow up North Idaho, there, there are too many people here. I'm sure Bozeman has a lot of the same problems. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't go to the Nazi club meetings. Or so. <laughs> I don't know. No, we kidding. don't have meetings, <laughs> um, often, every tuesday yeah um well it's to me this is a sort of a compared to what question i suppose there's advantage against being vanquished or wiped out if you are spread around but you also have no power if you do that you are outnumbered by everybody and so people of like mind that's the that's the entire purpose of the design of our country is that people of like mind can freely associate and can have political power in those free associations. Mm-hmm. I have to, that's the best way for people to get their way to get their will. So I have to advocate that. Um, but maybe I'm too idealist. Maybe that's in an old system where the federal government actually leaves you the hell alone as designed. Maybe that's not what we have anymore. Instead, we have feds just rubbing their hands and licking their chops, thinking about how easy it would be to take one Blackhawk through North Idaho and wipe everybody out. I don't know. In general, I think you're going to have a happy life, though. a happier life, more power over your own life, more political power if you associate with people who are most similar <laughs> like to you. you. And yeah. I think you should do that just for that yep. reason alone. Yep. Uh, did you read that one? Yeah. Okay. Um, Base MAGA. My roommate recently started watching these history vids on Odyssey by a guy named Thomas 777 about World War II. This racist YouTuber seems to have cast doubt. I, I assume this person is just joking. Um, I, this actually is over my head. What am I oh, getting really? into here? Oh, this guy rocks. Uh, on the historical events of the Holocaust and even tries to paint the Nazis in a rational or even sympathetic light as a conservative patriot. This huh. must be a joke, right? I know there was nothing rational about what the Nazis did. It was evil. 
what resources should I use to bring my roommate back to sanity? Obviously, this Thomas 777 is full of horse doo-doo, right? Well, I would direct your roommate to um, the extended works of David Irving. And who else? Let me do a little research. I, I actually have no idea what the hell this is talking about. And I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. So I'll allow, uh, carry on. This is just. Um, who else has talked about this? Uh, Kevin McDonald has talked about this extensively. Um, and I think that, that Thomas 777 is, is probably a pretty good resource. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually don't know what the hell that is. So, all right. Uh, Zors or Zorzies. We, I still get it wrong. Zors is mom. Oh, Zors rhymes with sores. There, that's okay. Committed to memory. Swords? Sores. Sores. I'll just remember oh, it like this. Zors has herpes. Therefore, Zors has sores. Why? Why would that? All right. <laughs> uh, sorry, Zors. I, thank you uh, for your consistent, uh, thoughtful contributions to the show. I should, I should not accuse you of having herpes. Anyway, what are your thoughts about ending compulsory education at 14? Part of my teaching career in the past was preparing students to pass California's high school exit exam. The math was essentially eighth grade content, make the kids prove they had eighth grade reading and math skills and get their asses into a job enough with the delayed adulthood. Well, I suppose um, if you're going to go with that line, then you sort of have to redefine everything about adulthood potentially. Or do you like I guess if you're if you're out working full time at 14, are we going to go with adulthood at 14? Like, is the expectation that you live on your own and provide your own income? And or or are we just saying you spend some time in your later teen years working, but you still live at home with mom and dad under their under their roof? Right. I don't know. I like it. Um compulsory education oh i get yeah i get that well that changes it that you can opt out at 14 that is what she's saying okay yeah i i thought it meant that everyone's done at 14 no just compulsory education at 14 um yeah i think that's fine some of the best educated people i know are people that graduated from high school early or uh, my friend was like if you're a, a farming kid, you can get your permit when you're 14 and, mm-hmm. stuff, and then like take half days and things like that. There are a lot of allowances made. And I think that that has improved the quality of their education. Yeah. I mean, homeschool kids often finish high school when they're 14, 15. Another area in which my perspective has changed a lot in the last 10 years is I used to think that education for its own sake was a very high value for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly it is not. And I don't mean like, oh, I want a bunch of idiots out there. What I mean is, that for a lot of people, probably most, especially men, I think, there is not a lot of value to be had about in sitting around reading Socrates. And I say this as someone who who liked and likes to sit around reading Socrates. But that's probably four out of five of my guy friends. That's not going to be useful. They're going to be much more useful learning some kind of trade, some kind of skill, something that will be a marketable career for them into the future. Yeah, I th- I think that if we moved in that direction that was more career oriented, it probably would be beneficial. How many I I see in the friends I have, I see quite literally zero correlation in academic credentials and intelligence. 
I have friends who have high school diplomas who are incredibly intelligent and incredibly high achieving in their careers. And I I know people that have graduated, have master's degrees from Ivy League schools that on on cultural issues are just retarded. Yeah. Morons. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would I, argue that you're less educated the more education you have if you aren't like a doctor. Quite yeah. possibly true. I guess I hadn't thought about the boundaries of of compulsory education anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I never really thought about leaving early or uh, it's too early in my my son's life to think about how his course of education should go, at least that far down the road. So I hadn't thought about that. But in yeah, I well, probably a lot of that stuff should be rolled back in general. If, if 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 I'm voting in the state of Montana for how we handle these sorts of things, would I say that no, no, we we ought to we ought to force every teenage boy to sit in a high school classroom and learn about you know whatever, learn about the philosophy I was just talking about, rather than developing the sort of skills that will ensure he can build and provide for a family. And in protect, the years to come. Yeah. Protect his family too. Thanks for the thoughts. Zorz's mom. I'll have to think more about it. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, ben, ben Shapiro's Shapiro. wife's boyfriend. Ah, I, okay. I'm going to have to, I was hoping you would be the one that had to read this. Okay. Your phone rings. It's your school. Little Emmeline spelled incorrectly or a little Calvin are in trouble because they just called the only black student an N word. Wow. As a parent, how would you respond and why? Lol based is a valid answer as long as it includes the why. <laughs> no, I would tell Emmeline, like, you can't say stuff like that because black kids are going to beat the shit out of you if you do. Fair point. Yeah. I, that's probably true. Um, yeah, I, w- I, would have a, I would have a discussion uh, about respect for others. I would have a discussion about... As a practical matter, this isn't really a a principled matter, but I do think you're right that as a practical matter, rightly or wrongly, you have to understand that that is a magic word that carries magic consequences. Consequences, From my own parental perspective, I don't necessarily consider any word to be special. So if he disrespected another person with whatever offensive word you choose, I don't know that that from a parental perspective, my relationship with him, that it would bother me any more that he used one word over the other. What matters are the principles of respect for others. And he breached those. So we're going to have to have a conversation about that. But the other piece of the conversation is what you got at that. Listen, there are magic words and um, the magic words have magic consequences. And I don't think that that's the way society should be, but it is the way that it is. And you're going to have to understand that. I don't think that from, I guess what I'm saying is I, I wouldn't give my, my son special punishment for the special word. It would be it would be a conversation about that. The the discipline would be on matters of principle that are not unique to any particular word. Right. That's how I would handle it. Yep. Dingo Darling says the funny thing about AI becoming self-aware and taking over the world is that um, is that it should not happen before our eyes. It should happen before we even know it. What if the World Economic Forum was hijacked by AI in 2019 or earlier and is behind everything we think Klaus Schwab orchestrated since? What if Klaus has retained or what if Klaus was retained as the Bond villain because that is who a young AI would select from our cultural narratives? What if Klaus wow. Klaus is already a hostage to the monster that he and the WEF created? Well, it would explain a lot of those things like Klaus Schwab that it's that are like 
uh, a little too accurate, a little too on the nose, as they say. It's just like it's, his accent. Yeah, he does come off as a movie character. Yeah. It's like who the hell wrote this? He's like Doctor Evil, you know. Yeah. So every once in a while, you nose. get those elements, and maybe maybe that is an explanatory fact. Maybe we people refer to it as the simulation, right? This could be an explanation yeah. for the quote unquote simulation that there is some sort of algorithm operating that determines <laughs> determines all of these events. Um, you know what? Maybe uh, Richard is exactly right about it. Maybe uh, maybe he's onto the algorithm actually, and I am totally wrong because. Maybe the algorithm is doing a lot of this bullshit that is actually <laughs> exercising yeah. all the nonsense in the world. It's like we've come full circle and all of the all of the suspicions are actually aligning. No, I obviously I can't I have to shoot from the hip on that and just guess as to whether that could be happening. But it would explain a lot. Uh, so maybe we just have to figure out how to get aliens into the theory Did the aliens author the algorithm or the AI itself. Uh, I hadn't heard um, that one before, though, so thank you. Ashwin. Hello. Do you guys believe individual rights and group community, et cetera, rights have a one-to-one relation? Mm. Should groups have rights that are different to the individual or should groups have the exact same rights that a specific individual has? Ah, so if I understand why should groups, why if individuals have the rights, then why would groups have any more rights than the individual? Yeah, I don't think uh, I certainly wouldn't argue for more, I would say that the rights of the individual translate to groups like you don't lose your speech rights because you're in a church congregation, for example. Right. I don't know how there could be anything else but a one to one ratio. Well, the only thing I would say, and I'm kind of surprised to make this argument because it seems counter to a lot of the things I otherwise talk about. Individual rights are very important. But there's a reason part of the reason we have the structure of states in this country is because group rights are also important, as in group rights not to like from the discussion we were having earlier, group rights not to associate with a particular thing. Mm -hmm. And that's really what states are all about. Now, you might argue, say, the state of Montana has decided that, well, currently there's a bill going through. We don't want drag shows for kids in the state of Montana. And we have freak show tranny state legislature, a straight state legislator from Missoula putting on a show arguing in favor of this bill to make sure that we protect our drag shows for trannies. Mm -hmm. Now you could argue this is not me saying this is my position, but this is me saying how you would argue their case. They would say we have an individual right as parents to take our kids to these drag shows and the drag performers have an individual right to do the performances. The, the parents are consenting. The performers are consenting. You as, the, as a group, as the state of Montana, have no right to override that because our individual rights are, right. I suppose you could say, more important than your group rights. Now, the, the more I, as time goes on and the more I think about my own political positions, the more I'm sympathetic with the so-called group right in that scenario, as in, when you have political power primarily in these local groups, as in the states, that will sometimes come at the expense of some individual rights. But the individual right that is maintained above all is the right to leave when you don't like it there. Yes. And that is how that that's how that's balanced. So I I wouldn't. Am I arguing for group rights over individual rights? Kind of. But in a context that makes sure that no group has the ability to dominate any other group to the extent that you can't leave, for example. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but that would that would be an example of where group rights, I think, are overriding individual rights. And and actually, I would say kind of well, I wouldn't say kind of I would say good. I would say that in the state of Montana, we as a quasi sovereign political body should have the right to say that we don't want uh, sexualized performances for kids in our state, at least in public settings at the library, for example. Then if you don't like that, I'm sorry that your individual rights have been trampled upon, but you can go to a state that is more comfortable with that sort of thing. Right. That's. Yeah. Um, I, does that answer the question or have I just. Kinda, yeah. No, I think it does. Yeah. I think it does. What it, um, should groups have rights that are different to the individual? Well, I don't know if I would say they're more important. I would say that gr- group rights are what the concept of states protects. And that's very important. Group rights should not be trampled on by, by individual rights either. It's weird to think that they could be. But I guess what I'm saying is when there's an individual right to do literally whatever you want and the group is not able to exercise the right to say like, okay, not in our neighborhood though. Like we're not doing that shit. <laughs> that, that I don't think is. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going I'm on you. and on. Cause there's a weird, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird uh, competition of values here. A weird. It's weird how this plays out. Anyway, I'm, uh, I've talked forever. I'll shut up now. Uh, Corn pop. Oh, I think I read that one. The previous one. Oh yeah. Uh, do we give too much praise to vets going to war gives more opportunity for heroism, but it seems like people view anyone who served as a war hero, regardless of what they did. Well, it is true that, that not all military jobs are the same. Um, and there are a lot of, um, I say this as someone who did not serve in the military. So I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, but I'm, I'm making a distinction between, um, you know, guy who's in the trenches versus guy who's doing pen pushing. Those are different things. But the reason that I have respect for either is, is, it is a, um, it's a service to country that I myself did not participate in. No matter what you did in the military, you did more than I did. And I have respect for that. And I, I also think, you know, I, I think that our military has, or the politicians who tell our military what to do, however you want to characterize it. It's not an endorsement of every military action we've ever taken. In fact, I, I tend not to be a fan of a lot of them, but I also recognize that without strong men willing and capable to defend us when attacked, like we're, we're not a country that's going to survive very long. Um, we might we might say another reason to criticize the military is it's not a band of strong men capable of defending us anymore. It's a band of social engineering and weird rainbow coalition nonsense like the rest of society. So maybe I have an antiquated view on that. But but in general, um, I have respect for people who made that effort that I did not myself make. And I, I separate that from whatever the politicians tell them to do. It's not necessarily their fault. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I respect war veterans for a different reason. I think they often uh, have to commit horrible acts that they probably never psychologically recover from and are, are kind of tricked into committing these war crimes by a government that serially goes to war based on false pretenses. And for that reason, I have a great sympathy for them um, because I don't think that most people that do these things go in and they're like, Oh, I want to kill some Arab kids or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever they end up having to do. Yeah. Um, that being said, like sometimes um, that psychopathy does, does pop up in some war veterans. I don't know if you've seen uh, Ken Burns 
his documentary on Vietnam. I know he's like this lefty retard, but there's this guy that tells this story. He doesn't seem like a bad guy at all, yeah. but he tells this story about this um, like 13 year old Vietnamese girl who her family had died and, and she wanted some of their MREs or something. And he was like, I'll give them to you, but like, you're going to suck my dick. And then Wait, what? He, he gave her the MRE. How old was this girl? She was young. Ugh. She was a, a young teenager. Yeah. Ugh. And he said like everybody in his unit banged her. Well, I, uh, I could, it's not to say that that is justified in any way. Um, you can understand how in circumstances like that, things like that do happen. That's not good. But like he told his story and and he was filled with like so much shame and guilt and everything. You could tell it really haunted him that like, I got the impression that outside of a wartime scenario, this guy never would have done anything like, like you spend all day. I'm blowing sure. people's heads off. Yeah. Then the idea of having sex with like an underage girl for food is like, well, I just killed, you know, I just killed 40 people. Yeah. That you're in, you're in some sort of moral void that, that everything falls apart. And again, and then I'll you emphasize- come home and you get some perspective yeah. on what you've done. And so I actually had a great pity for him, even though yeah. he did this horrible thing. And so I think that like, yes, we, we need to be viewing people and how they behaved in war with the moral perspective of somebody that hasn't gone to war. Yeah. But we need to give them the sympathy of uh, of like what they've experienced, because it, I cannot even imagine uh, what it's like to carry that cross and that burden your whole life. Well, and, and that's a, a, a the nature of that interaction, again, as bad as that is, it's not to excuse it, but but the nature of that interaction between men and be wrong to say women, but you get what I'm saying, biological female in this case. Yeah. Yeah. That when you put men through an absolute hell of combat, that there's going to be a strong temptation to indulge in whatever comforts may be presented. In this case, it was that, and that's wrong, and it's bad. But you wonder, um, what happens when we start intentionally mixing women into that scenario, as we are doing now, in many ways? You think that's going yeah. to work out well for the women involved in that situation? Uh, it's not. In the same way that that poor girl might have been passed around wrongly, as described, you don't think that's going to happen with American women that we put into similar roles? Like, yeah, yeah, and and you know, it's such a natural part of wartime. Like, it's it's rape and pillage for yeah. a reason. You know, this is part of of conquering a nation, whether or not we want. Like, people act like American troops just don't do these things. Like, they're above these things, but like, yeah, they. They do in every war. They do. Hmm. Thanks, Corn Pop. I'm like, we need to hustle. Let's talk about this for 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, dangerous spaces. Uh, we did defer this question last week, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, because um, yeah, because he called in. On Sunday, you guys jokingly talked about how you would handle managing staff in light of Project Veritas story. Firstly, I wanted to point that you don't need to manage one kind of sort of staff member. It's this obnoxious, annoying Aussie dickhead. And now that I've been watching Bluey, I like have a lot more affection for dangerous spaces. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, but, but seriously, I'm curious as to your views. If one day you found yourself in that sort of position at one stage, I know Matt, for example, mentioned being hesitant, unsure about bringing on help. I'd be curious if he's comfortable saying why you felt that way. If you found yourself in charge of people helping you create a digital show of some sort, how do you think you'd go? What aspects do you think you'd be good and bad at? What aspects do you think you'd like and dislike? What are your general thoughts on something like that? Okay. So I, I think that I would be a a good boss um, 
because I'm upfront with people and I'm not super anal, but I'm not really sure that I'd be good at people at keeping people on task. That's where I would have hmm. a hard time. I'd be like, well, you're doing your work or you're not doing your work. And then if you don't do your work, I'm just going to fire you. And that's how that would go. Hmm. I'm not going to be like micromanaging somebody. Yeah, the, the, reason, the reason I hesitate to bring, well, the, the practical reason I hesitate to bring on help in, in a significant way. And again, dangerous spaces does help us. He's not, you know, full disclosure, he's not like full-time staff or something, but he helps us and and he's compensated for his help and all of that. The practical reason I don't is because there's a huge responsibility of then caring for those people. They they have to be provided for. If you're giving someone a, a full-time job, you got to know that the prospect to retain that full-time job is somewhat realistic. So there's that consideration. Mm-hmm. But even if if the the resources are there, the money is there to do it, rightly or wrongly, I'm just the sort of guy that has a, a large... I have a large degree of pride in doing in making my product myself and doing everything just so. And that when I put something out there, whether it's the best thing I've ever made or the biggest piece of crap, I did it. Mm-hmm. I wrote all the words. I sat in front of the camera and talked. I put it together in the way that I wanted it. And it's certainly possible that I could teach someone to do it exactly the way that I want it done. But then I kind of lose that pride too, or it's like, that painting might look like mine, but it's not. I didn't paint it, at least all of yeah. it, you know? Um, and that that's part of why I hesitate to bring on a lot of significant help in that way. I just, I like making my thing myself. Um, I also know that because I like things just so, that deviation from that is going to make me a micromanager. And I, I, as I've mentioned before, I hate being micromanaged. Can't stand it. Can't stand someone metaphorically looking over my shoulder all the time to make sure I do every little detail in this certain way, but that's how I like my stuff made. So I know I would do that to other people. Right. So I hesitate to do that too. And and the time I have, there's only so many hours in the day. I like working on the thing that I make. I don't like organizing meetings and answer. I mean, I answer emails because it's important to me to stay in touch with the audience, but I don't want that to be my entire job. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, yeah. I guess the counterpoint is you should hire these people to delegate those tasks exactly for that reason <laughs> yep. so that you can do the type of work that you want to do. But for the most part, I do. And I take a lot of pride in in making it and doing it myself, even though that does apply certain limitations to me, admittedly. But that's the way I like to do it. Yeah. And Dangerous Spaces does the, the stuff I really don't want to do, like harassing people to come on the show <laughs> and stuff. He asked so, me if he wanted me to help uh, him to help. And I was like, I kind of like doing that. Just like bugging people and sending my audience after people. Yeah. See, it's I can't fun. stand it both because it often it, it doesn't work out. People flake and then it becomes very frustrating. But I'm also, as we talked about, I don't, I don't want to go heckle the tranny at the grocery store. I, but even, even for people, I, I especially don't want to do that for people I really admire. Like for potential guests of the show, there's probably a reason that I'm trying to talk to you. And I don't yeah. want to have, present the appearance that I'm hassling you. So I really, I don't like doing it for that reason. Yeah. I, uh, I, hear. I don't want to hassle my idols. Oh, I do. Sleuthing sloth says uh, question for blonde as someone who works uh, from home, how difficult is it to manage a kid and start your own business? I currently work for a company, but I want to be able to work from home with my own business and raise my kid. I know your views on women working, but with this economy, we can't really afford to stay at home. What is your advice? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's great when women can bring some income into a house without it compromising their primary duty as caretaker. And that's what I have managed to do. Um, 
I don't know. I think it's easy. I, it depends on what kind of kid you have. And I only have one child. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if the situation is going to change when I have more children, but right now it's super manageable. It was difficult right after birth because Emmeline was premature and I had to breastfeed her every hour. So having a three hour show, that was a struggle. Um, but generally I think that we really hit our stride and my husband's very helpful and has irregular hours, which, which helps. Um, but I think it's totally doable. I think what women want to avoid, what they need to avoid is working these nine to five jobs. Like if you can have some kind of white hustle where you're like crocheting on in your spare time and selling them at the local gift shop or whatever, then yeah, that's it's great for your family. Yeah. I know that the question wasn't directed at me and I don't necessarily have a ton of insight on exactly this because I'm not a mother, but I have some sort of related experience in taking something that was a hobby and making a, an alleged career out of it. Mm-hmm. I would say the exact same thing that if you, if there's something you enjoy doing for its own sake that you sort of have time to do, you make a product, uh, whether it, you, you knit things like you said, or you, you make, I don't know, people make soap or people make whatever. If you, if you can find a way to, to, do a little bit of that with maybe the spare hour or two that you have each day. That's a good way to experiment with that possibility without being reckless. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, if you start just quitting jobs with the expectation that tomorrow you're going to start an internet career and it'll be totally fine. There's a lot of gamble in that. There's a lot of risk. So if you can find a way to build, I mean, it, it, even if you're able to build 50 bucks a month in, some side income, then it becomes a hundred bucks a month. Then it becomes a thousand bucks a month. Yeah. You just start, start with something small as a hobby and, and maybe, I mean, you put enough work into it. Maybe it, it, it happens. It's just, I would just caution against as I do with anybody talking about YouTube or any other like online creative thing. I would just caution against the, the, the blunt move of I'm going to stop what I'm doing and put all the time I have in the day into internet career. Cause that's a gamble. That's very tough yeah, to but, achieve. You know, sometimes lighting a fire under your ass is the way. Well, it it worked in in the context of us, but we weren't parents at the time. You know, we that's were true. we were not we were not spouses and we were not parents. Yeah, and there was uh, a lot more energy and time to put toward getting the product off the ground. And I was a lot angrier then. <laughs> uh, Whiskey Noodle says, uh, or I think this one's yours, right? Matt, with your weekly Bible study ending for now, do you plan to continue reading the Bible on your own? I will probably take a break as the Bible study takes a break. That is a good reminder that this Saturday is the last Bible study in John's Gospel, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find information for how to participate on that. Uh, participate in that if you'd like to on the Bible study page of the website. It's linked on the homepage, mattchristiansonmedia.com. But we're going to finish up John's Gospel, and then we're going to take a break until June or July and start with a new piece of Scripture yet to be determined. And uh, I will probably break on Bible reading during that time myself as well. Uh, Not because I don't enjoy it or find value in it. There's a reason I'm bringing it back, and it's because I do. It's because I don't feel like I have the information information necessary to to read the Bible well, if that makes sense. That I I can sit down and read the scripture and try to make sense of what I think it means. But the reason I like reading it with, with Robert and the group is because they bring a lot of contextual information that I just don't have reasonable access to. I could, 
And when I say reasonable access, I mean the hours <laughs> necessary to find this contextual information and process it. The reason I, li- I like the Bible study so much is because it gives me biblical insight in a consumable way each week that I can devote an hour to this and get information, a lot of information organized in a way that's understandable. I I, I just don't think I can, I'm at the level of scriptural understanding to do that myself at this point. So I'm going to, I'm going to wait until Bible study comes back and then resume then, but it'll only be a few months. We're, we're talking about coming back in probably June. So we're talking like a three month break. Potentially it won't be very long. Mm-hmm. Zazie McTazbot says, I was telling the story of Rhodesia to my coworkers today. And the question popped into my mind. Is there a war in the USA? Is there a war that the USA should have gotten involved in, but did not 1700s until today? Well, man, we've been involved in a lot of, international conflict i know it didn't uh didn't clinton say he regretted not getting involved in rwanda during the genocide i mean i don't know a lot of bad shit happened but am i gonna sit sit here and say we really should have gotten more involved in these tribal african wars it worked out so well in Mogadishu. Uh, no i i can't think of anything is there a war that the USA should have gotten involved in but did not? Well, in general, I'm not a fan of foreign meddling, so it's hard for me to think of like some foreign conflict that I would be gung-ho about getting involved in, especially if there's not a direct defense implication for the U.S. I'm trying to think about maybe threats to us that we didn't respond adequately to, but the direct attacks on the United States are limited to basically 9-11 and, and um, Pearl Harbor. And I don't think anyone would argue we responded insufficiently to those. Maybe you might say we um, went after the wrong people. I'm not talking about World War II necessarily. I'm talking about, uh, well, eventually we went after Saddam in response to 9-11, for example. Uh, so no, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to. Th- <laughs> no, no, I can't think of anything. <laughs> it's very, it's very hard when the premise of the question is, <laughs> I guess, um, what additional wars should the U.S. have fought? The yeah, U.S. has not fought problem. enough wars. Is the is yeah. the premise, and I just that that's a that's a premise way beyond my perspective. I just I hold no, the opposite view. Uh, okay, but if you have a counter submission, Zazie, I, I you can you're welcome to email me if I'm forgetting something. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we should have uh, deployed SEAL Team Six against the cyclists or something like that. Maybe. Maybe a little more domestic military, domestic military enforcement against certain, certain groups. How about that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we could bail out white South, South Africans now, but it's not a wartime scenario. We're going to deploy. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to drop in our, our guys uh, at the farms or something like that. <laughs> yep. Uh, don't do 2k. My favorite part of the Razor Fist interview was him specifying January 6th as the closest brush with reasserting states' rights we've had in the last 150 years. No hmm. wonder they hate and fear it so much. That's totally true. It was an interesting context in which to view the event. Um, yeah, it's not about that. Drumming it up as some insurrection is not necessarily about them fearing for their lives AOC style, although in certain instances like that, it might be. Yeah, his point was that if they allow any whiff of legitimacy to that sort of thing, and and by that sort of thing, I don't just mean Viking man and stealing lecterns or podiums or whatever that was. I mean, the idea that maybe the states could assert their uh, authority or attempt to assert authority in this electoral process and say, um, 
Mike Pence is going to reject these results and the states are going to take control of this process. That mm-hmm. if they granted some state pushback in that way, that that it would lead to all sorts of terrible things. That D.C. <laughs> has to be the power center. And if you allow an inch of power to return to the states, they're going to have problems. That was kind yep. of his point. Yeah, they did show their hand in that way. Greg Davis. Uh, CPS and all family courts need to be abolished for every kid's life they save. They ruin 20 more. I mean, yeah, I bet that I bet there's a statistic somewhere that we'll never know that is something like that. Truly. Yeah, that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that statistic is actually accurate. I know you're just making a rhetorical point, but I. Uh, I, I wonder Do you remember those house of yeah. horror kids, those like 17 kids that were like chained up and all that stuff. For every situation like that, there are a hundred situations where some wife is pissed off that her husband banged somebody else and he's lying about him raping their daughter or something like that. Hmm. Or yeah. Jeff Young. Yeah, weaponized, yeah, weaponized for marital revenge. That yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Greg Davis Blonde, have you ever dated a man that wanted you to be the boss in their relationship? If so, did you throw up right in his face or did you wait until you got home to puke? Um so when I was dating in Seattle, I, I don't know, I guess I didn't really have a lot of self-awareness, but even, even when I started my YouTube channel, like you know, this whole YouTube world helped me learn a lot about myself and a lot about women. And so when I was dating in Seattle, I was like, not super concerned about the politics of the man. And I remember this guy that I he was really, really tall and he was super nice and and uh, he just like was really interested in my career and me, you know, finding my own way and was like always asking me questions about stuff like that. And we only went on a few dates. And like, I remember one time, like I tried to make out with him and I was just like, my body was like, just like, he was a good looking guy and everything <laughs> like that, but he was just too interested in, in my job and, you know, and all this stuff. And I, huh. he worked for the EPA also. I thought you liked the EPA though. We had this conversation. No, no, it, it was, I didn't understand why I wasn't attracted to him. He had soft hands too, but I just, Can't after I tried him. to make out with him, I'm like, I just can't do this. Did you ghost him? No, I actually think I told him that I was not attracted to him. Ooh, that's surprisingly direct. Well, I was getting really frustrated with my dating situation there. Hmm. He was a tall libertarian. I thought I could make it work. Sometimes you just know um do you want to read a few uh yeah that was uh greg guns and roses is up next thank you greg blonde uh would have made a great rocker chick in our era slash would have made a solo just for her yeah, <laughs> maybe uh are you a guns and roses fan no i think guns and roses suck. what e- even uh sweet child of mine that song sucks i don't care what are anybody you, says even the guitar riff it's like yeah really, i don't i don't oh. know I, I played it too many times in guitar heroes room for me Ah, it oh, was there's great, another video game I played. It was a great really Guitar count, Hero right? game. Yeah, or a, a Guitar Hero track. Um, Greg Davis says, movie suggestion, Selena. Selena is about real-life singer Selena, who was killed in a hotel room by a fan. Very intriguing movie. That's a pretty good movie. Jennifer even Lopez. more interesting real life. All right. Uh, thank you, Greg. 10 out of 10. There'd be a mountain of dead government goons before they laid a hand on my half-staff, half-staffed, Half border collie Teddy. However, all Chihuahuas should be deported back to their country of origin. German <laughs> shepherds tiny catapult. Are, are more aggressive. Hmm. Yeah, I believe that too. Yeah. Logan Orr, uh, I paid my taxes today. We need a revolution from Ukraine. 
uh, <laughs> uh yeah well i guess I, I should keep that in mind when i sit down and do the deed of uh forking over the uh extortion money from these for, for, to these crooks well at least Zelensky is uh doing well i'll have to remember that and uh, I, I've referenced this meme before, but I think about it every time I pay taxes. It's the Chad meme guy laughing at an ape saying, ha ha, stupid ape. And then the ape responds, don't you pay your or don't you give your money to pedophiles so they won't imprison you or something. <laughs> and he's, he just has the doomer reaction like, yeah, who's oh. really stupid? Am I going to laugh at an ape and call him stupid when I fork over oh, God. a huge chunk of money to to a bunch of corrupt people so that they won't come ruin my family and, and <gasps> imprison me. It's, it's true. Uh, civic duty. It's the price you pay to live in a civilized society. Yeah. Very civilized. Indeed. Mike, Mike Hawk, 420 blazing. Always dangerous. I'm so glad February is over. Now I don't have to listen to people try to tell me these food stamp <laughs> <laughs> food stamp Sharpies. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm so glad he, he says I'm there's the been a, reading this. He says there's been a lot of howling, uh, while cities have been burned to the ground, and so he's 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 glad that February is over, so he doesn't have to listen uh-huh. to the howling anymore. My oh. God, Mike! Uh, thank you, Daniel Yeager says. Anyone catch by the book Merrick Garland on the hot seat in the Senate today? Questioned on Mark Hauk. Department of Education memo, anti-Catholic bias. I saw very brief clips. I that I got to watch him uh, talk about Mark Houck. Mark Houck is the uh, the pro-life activist who uh, shoved a guy half a block away from a Planned Parenthood because the Planned Parenthood guy yeah. said to his son, your dad's a fag. And it was treated <laughs> as a terrorist incident and they raided his house and then he was acquitted uh, last month or uh, within the last couple months. Yeah, that That is... The raid on Mark Houck is one of the most outrageous deal. Totally FBI, outrageous. Some of the most outrageous FBI behavior. Not that there's any shortage of that sort of thing. But listening, I got to hear Merrick Garland explain the rationale on that. So I'll have to check it yeah. out. Yeah. Mark Duquesne says 20% of dogs are committing the majority of around 50 kills a year. 13% are. Let's <laughs> see where we're going. 13% are committing the majority. 25,000 kills a year. Really appreciate Blonde's logical consistency, especially for a woman. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you, Thank you Mark. Uh, Daniel Yeager, if Blonde can't talk with Pearl, could, can you talk to Ali Drummond? Oh, sure. I like Ali Drummond. Sapien. Yeah, I've been trying real hard with Pearl, and she, I just can't get her. I just can't get her on. She's just too big now, you know. Her content's great, though. I really like her. But I would like to point out that I've been doing this for seven years, and even though she has outgrown me massively, I walked so that Pearl can run. <laughs> I just want everybody to know that. Wow. I try to get the audience to harass her, and I just like I just can't get her on. She's just too big. Oh, good for you. Behana fam says mean words is the civilized approach. Bring back shame. Be mean to weirdos, degenerates. <laughs> other people and be nice to those who deserve it. Reject modernity, embrace tradition. Well, I suppose to, uh, to push back on my own perspective, um, I, I want a respectful society. Obviously I want to walk around and give respect and have respect given to me. But there is a reason the saying is what, that respect is earned, not given. Not um, maybe, maybe that maybe we have a lot of respect that isn't earned in this society currently, but Anyway, I, I talked about this already at length and we're over time. So uh, 
I will say no more on that. But Bahena fam, thank you. Uh, Stevie, so bothered that uh, Brian McClanahan wasn't recommended in the anti-Lincoln hype. Uh, please give him a listen. He's a Southern historian version of Legal Man. Interview him. Lots to say about where we're heading. Yeah, I don't oh, know the cool. name, but uh, thank you for the reference. Uh, thanks for supporting the show. Max, is the uh, fentanyl just getting cross-contaminated into other drugs? It's not like drug cookers are in a lab. I've heard their pills are made in a tub. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe. I'm, Maybe. I'm sure there are some law enforcement uh, people who have more insight on how or where this is coming from that might be interesting to to hear from or talk uh talk to if you're someone in the audience sorry i got a weird burp coming or something if you're someone in the audience who has insight on how and where fentanyl is i know it's a it's a big border controversy but as far as i mean how and why like you were talking about how does it get into other drug products and why because if you're the the neighborhood drug dealer what incentive do you have to kill off your clientele so what what is the the origin and the reason behind the reason why it's getting where it is curious to, to hear about that person person says in a world where we don't export dylan to go to syria i wish that the syria we import by the hundreds of thousands would do us a favor <laughs> but all they do is siphon tax dollars and bring their families i know you just can't win <laughs> gosh dang it uh thank you person daniel donato drugs are laced with fentanyl to weed out the competition ah if a product is deadly then people stop buying the product based on territory and getting a greater market share so it's sabotage if i understand correctly right you got competitor drug dealer from a competitor supplier over there i'm just going to add a little little something special to it to make sure yeah. that he gets a reputation That's for a bad true. product true maybe that would explain it two dogs mike d um what's with the 25% that isn't sure lol wtf this is about <laughs> Whether, really. whether it's okay to be white i guess to give them the the most credit i could maybe they're not sure about the meaning of the question i know that sounds absurd on its face because the question is very plain is it okay to be white or not but is maybe they just need more time i just need some more time to think about this some people buy into this nonsense hi- uh, this nonsense narrative that it's a white supremacist anti-black statement no, it's just it, it, okay is it okay to be this race that's all that's all that says but they i think they just those people probably think they don't understand the question fully would be my guess. Fractal fractal insights. We were never intended to have a standing army for good reason. It was supposed to be a citizen army for defensive purposes. Employing a standing army allows room for America to become world police uh, attack dog for uh, yeah. uh, another certain country, he says. Um, China? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot about that. The framers' intent for how the the military was supposed to operate obviously we had the continental army at the time um was it really there i guess i gut level i hesitate to believe that they they had no intent for a federal military of any kind i'm not, but maybe i'm misunderstanding they something it, they didn't anticipate the um international powers also yeah so whatever i'm missing there fractal if i am missing something um happy to look at some information on that if you want to send it my way Matt Grendel says appreciate you both and enjoyed the interview with Razor Fist Cool Shirt Blonde R.I.P. Petrus Radid do you know that name? yeah it's Peter Steele oh. Peter Steele is a stage name oh that was his Thank real you. name Rocker Legend got Peter it Stone. okay uh, thank you Mac and just one more over on um, Rumble uh Second Amendment of Dice said approximately 15K people. That was the Virginia rally. So 
Uh, yeah, I'll have to look back on that because that that seemed like, in retrospect, that seems like quite the success. Okay. Uh, thank you to all of the chatters and everyone who called in and everyone who uh, listened tonight as well. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, I'll see you guys on Sunday. All right. Well, yeah, we'll we'll play back a little bit of that Razor, inter- uh, Razor Fist interview on Sunday. Uh, we'll talk about whatever happens between now and then. You know, as I have this Susan Wiki Wiki song outro, it's like, are we? Gonna, I got to talk to our music guy. Are we going to have a Neil song? Are we going to move on from the Wiki Wiki song? Can it be really racist? Can we call him a Bipti? <laughs> Maybe he could just make it the Bipti Bipti song. We'll have to <laughs> we'll do that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Have a good week until Sunday. We hope to see you then. Bye, guys.